again, thanks for coming out tonight, everybody. I appreciate it. We'll end on a high note. talk to each other <laughs> and then once we get going we don't stop fucking talking to each other it's kind of how we do things here but uh i guess we can get rolling then where where's here here is dance robot dance we are <laughs> welcome back lovely listeners we are at episode 73 i'm mark and, and non-lovely listeners well you know <laughs> i assume they're all attractive people out there listening to us so but some of them might be ugly on the inside we don't know didn't we talk about that last week that's what we talked about last you got week. a lot of hate in you tonight Tim, eh? <laughs> You're very negative today. <laughs> uh, obviously, I'm here with Tim because he hates you. Hi, everybody. No, I don't. I love you. I don't know all of you. Some of you I might not love. Yeah, it's entirely possible. We don't know. Randoms <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. Randos on the internet. <laughs> also, Christy is here. Hello. How are you guys doing this week? I mean, it's been like four fucking days since we talked to each other, I think. When yeah. did we record? Sunday. And it's Sunday? Wednesday. Like yeah. Three days, yeah. Uh, three days, yeah. yeah. Doing pretty good. Good week so far. Yeah. 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 I'm um I'm really tired, but I got all my Christmas shopping done. Oh, I, really? I wish I could tell you guys about it, but just in case my Mark listens, I have a hilarious story for you after December is done. Okay. I, so I've got a, like a running list of stories we need to hear from Christy. So that's going to have to be an episode at one point. What other stories do you have? Let's see. There's oh, there's a chart. It's in the chart. There, there is. It's in the chart. There's um, what were it was uh, under the miscellaneous tab here. Uh, Christy's friend Jake. Why Christy? I don't even remember that one. Why Christy shouldn't drink at work? Yeah, that one I remember. The Jake one, I was like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> Do you actually write these down, Tim? Yeah, they're on the spreadsheet that you probably never check. Oh my god, that's, that's how that's... I organize shit, and that's I'm that's how bad. we continue to have episodes. Top you, yeah. Because <laughs> when we when we mentioned like we should do this topic. You and I will be like, that's a great idea, but Tim will actually write it down so that it's referenced. So. Oh, what was the one that? What was the one that you guys said uh, on the bonus episode with Paul? There was something you said like Tim make a note, and I was in my fucking car like driving, and I couldn't do it. I don't know. I have to listen to the episode again. <laughs> I can't remember anymore. I also but, okay. Know. Christie's Christmas gifts. That's going on the list here. Oh, geez. That's, so like early in oh, January, we're gonna have a Christie catches us up with all of these stories. Oh, geez. <laughs> oh gee that'll be probably an embarrassing stories with christy episode it sounds like <laughs> we don't need a whole episode <laughs> oh geez like a long peak of the week yeah <laughs> so that would be funny just because um I've, i feel like there's just there's so many so many goofy things to tell you guys about did i tell you as a side note that i hung out with bruno no no <laughs> yeah Bruno the ex Bruno. We haven't talked about him in a long time. I know. I told him I use him as a comedy because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> and he what was, was like, his what? response to that? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, I use you as like a, a very frequent comedic bits. And he was like, oh, good. My one claim to fame. I was like, yep, totally talk about yeah. how you didn't brush, you didn't brush your teeth. <laughs> On a podcast that like 52 people listen to. Yeah. Yeah. Some employer's going to get wind of that and he's going to lose a job i hope yeah. not 
or not not get a job because you've defaced him on the internet. You're opening yourself up to libel here, Christy. This is why I don't share the podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah, we know. No, that was because you don't want your grandma to find it. Mm-hmm. That's also true. Desperately don't want Nana to find the podcast. <laughs> I'm going to start. I think I'm going to start tagging Christy in the, the podcast. Stop. <laughs> I'm always in show. the description. You need none of you are. What are you talking about? In terms we, of our names, she's referenced. That doesn't mean oh, you're tagged. Yeah. It doesn't mean you're tagged. I'm no, not tagging you. No, but you reference you me all the time. Yeah, because you're always the one who does something really ridiculous that has to be like <laughs> That's the, the selling point of the episode. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a goofy, there's a goofy Christy story in this week's episode, which is every week's episode. So. Yeah, which that's that's what gets that's what gets the butts in the seats, Christy. That's what's selling all these free podcasts. Yeah, that's how we're moving podcasts. <laughs> True that, yo. Awesome. You guys want to talk about some news? There's been yeah. like a little bit, L- of a news little, the little tiny bit of news since the three days yeah. ago. Yeah, that we tiny bit of news. Yeah. All right. So first of all, we'll go into the depressing shit first. Quasi related to a topic we've discussed a lot the last couple of weeks. Time Magazine named its person of the year, and it was the Silence Breakers. Yeah. I figured it was it was very nice of President Trump to so graciously step aside and Jesus not take Christ. that person. <laughs> I just don't even. I don't even uh, know. Yeah, the Silence Breakers. For those of our listeners that aren't aware, are the basically the women that have been calling out uh, sexual abusers and harassers and that sort of thing the last six months to a year, kind of thing. Yeah. People like Rose McGowan and Taylor Swift were in there, and can't remember. I saw I, like Ashley Judd's on the cover. I don't remember Ashley Judd having a like a specific story with Ashley Judd, so I'm, right. I'm gonna have to go back and look at that because I don't remember what she did or didn't say. Yeah, so. wasn't she the one who blew the whistle on Harvey Weinstein? Oh, was uh, she? I don't know. I think Maybe. so. I don't know. I have to look. She might have been one. There was quite a few. Yeah, yeah. There's there is that too. But like Alyssa Milano's in here and Selma Blair. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of people. True. So, yeah. Yeah, no, that's great. Especially considering in the wake of Donald Trump being like, yeah, they they asked me to be person of the year. I said no, because I would have had to go and do a photo shoot. And nobody wants to see me because I'm an ugly lump of human. That's also true. Oh, I didn't even notice Terry Crews was in here. Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Because he he talked about. Yeah. Um, getting grabbed, and he's now taking that guy to court. Did you see that the the guy who grabbed him, like that agent that grabbed him, was Dust? I think it's Dustin Hoffman's mm. representation. Well, now uh, just uh, Dustin Hoffman got gone after by uh, John Oliver this past week, apparently as well. What? So John, uh, so Dust. There have been allegations floating around around Dustin Hoffman for years, but it was one of those things that just nobody touched because he's so huge. But I guess yeah. uh, John Oliver, I haven't seen it, but I've just seen articles about it. I guess John Oliver uh, confronted him about it during an interview fairly recently. He wasn't on this week, though. Was he doing something? It must have been. Uh, yeah, I don't know if it was because he doesn't do interviews on the show usually. And yeah, it, I think he's done like two. He did like the Dalai Lama. Was, like the one. Yeah, exactly. He did the Dalai Lama. And I can't remember mm-hmm. what other. But, but yeah, he very rarely does interviews. Yeah. So it must have been like some event or something not televised kind of thing. Yeah. Wow, that's cool. Good for like good for him. John mm-hmm. Oliver is fighting the good fight still. So yeah, Oof. love that guy. Me, he's awesome. He's one of my. F- yep. He he. I think he is my favorite late night host. Currently, yeah, probably. I mean, he only does like a one once a week. Like, well, once every two weeks, I guess technically, given like what his actual schedule is like. But he does. Yeah, his show is the most fighting and informative, probably when it yeah. comes to that kind of stuff. Yeah, they really 
take like really complex items and break them down in a way that you can't necessarily do on a show that comes out like multiple times a week kind of thing. Yeah, it's it's much more uh, in depth than anything you would ever have gotten on the Daily Show back yeah. in the day. Even like as good as the Daily Show was for doing their research on a day to day basis, it was never like the super deep dives that you get. Yeah on last week tonight yeah it was a lot more sort of hot takes and that kind of thing on stories that are already in the news rather than like bringing stories that maybe are not in the news or Mm -hmm. haven't been as heavily featured in the news cycle to the forefront yeah it doesn't always necessarily go like always go for the joke too which is kind of a different take on it as well because the daily show was Mm -hmm. first and foremost like a comedy show and yeah yeah they would get up on the soapbox occasionally but like i feel like last week tonight's a little bit more like actively him proselytizing from his seat so well what i like about john oliver too is that he's not afraid to take the bullshit as he's opening himself up for it which i think it makes him really intriguing yeah and he can go after just fucking anybody because he doesn't have any sponsors because he's on hbo which is one of the things that has always held back like like colbert or stewart or now trevor noah or and never really seemed to stop Stuart back in the day because he would even actively shit on his sponsors most of the time. But yeah. he had to be careful about like some stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was, he was, yeah. He's much more. He wouldn't go after Viacom. Well, like he would jokingly go after them, he kind of thing. Viacom, but it, but it yeah. was never like really serious kind of thing. Yeah. The best was when he started taking shots because Arby's was sponsoring him. <laughs> and he just hated Arby's. Arby's. So he- it's almost food. <laughs> shit like that. Yeah. Oh, it was so good. <laughs> So good. <laughs> I never got into John Oliver, or not John Oliver. Um, John Stewart. John Stewart. I missed him by a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and Colbert with his Bud Light Lime. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. The Bud Light Lime was <laughs> hysterical. Yeah. I could almost swallow this. Yeah. <laughs> swallow. That's so fucking good. I miss those guys. Yeah. Me too. So anybody, anything, any other hot takes on what's going on? Uh, not with that. Yeah, I'm. I'm all about that. Uh, th- that choice for the time peoples of the year. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to figure out what they were going to do, and then like when they announced it, I'm like, that is like the perfect call. Like that's yeah. awesome. Oh, it was Good. brilliant. And then to make him second. Yeah. Yeah. Like at first, I was reading through it. I was like, why the fuck would they make Trump second? And then I read the article. I was like, ooh, they're kind of shaming him a little bit, but like in a <laughs> yeah. really diplomatic way. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like he is. You can't go 10 minutes without talking about him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not necessarily the best person of the year. It's more just like, you know, the most influential or most like newsworthy people or groups of people kind of thing. And, and yeah, he and is he's definitely a newsmaker. I mean, he keeps the fucking news cycle busy. That's one of the things that I will actually give him credit for is that he knows how to manipulate media. He yeah. is interesting in that he really isn't tied to one party. Mm. Like, he is, but, like, he just, you never know what he's going to do. Yeah, there have been a few things where he's sort of fucked over the Republicans or that the Republicans would not be happy with kind of thing. But I would say 90 to 95% of the stuff he's done is right in line with the Republican Party lines. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. It's been it's been interesting just watching stuff the last, well, year, I guess, even though I think it's aging me really prematurely (laughs) watching it but yeah i was like i was looking at my beard this week it's just like holy shit there's like almost a streak of white coming up and i was like that's that's got to be this presidency i'm (laughs) i'm in canada like i don't understand why i care but i'm just oh god this is stressing me out nuclear war doesn't uh obey borders buddy (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) that's exactly it right yeah 
On to uh, more entertaining news. Apparently, <laughs> the Marvel Fox deal that we've been talking about the last couple of weeks could happen as soon as like next week. Yeah, according to CNBC. So like shit is moving way faster than we thought it would. Wait, say that again. The Marvel buying Fox. Well, oh Disney. yeah, sorry, Disney. sorry. Disney. I thought Disney. I heard sorry. something. Yeah, yeah, Disney buying Fox. I should say. I just want Marvel to have all that stuff. That's why I'm more focused on the Marvel side of things. But like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that deal could happen any minute now. So yeah, I am just waiting to hear that the X Men are coming home and the Fantastic Four. I guess the X Men are coming home. <laughs> it was Walt, Walt Disney's birthday yesterday too. That's true. It was. Yeah, it would have been nice if they could have bought. They could have brought all that stuff back for him that day. But I guess. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if Walt Disney needs anything more nice done for him. Well, yeah. <laughs> he was kind of a douche. I mean, eventually they're going to have to like reanimate his head, right? So <laughs> you're probably going to want... Uh, they can just use Tom Hanks. <laughs> he did make a really good Walt Disney. In yeah. yeah. He killed it. That movie was great. Yeah. Is that a thing? Did I miss something? He played uh, Walt Disney in... Oh, fuck. What was the, the Mary Poppins like making of movie? I can't remember. Yeah, with Emma Thompson? No. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Saving Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah, Saving Mr. Banks. Is that it? Okay. Yeah. Because they almost didn't make Mary Poppins. No. It was. Yeah, Mr. Banks yeah, was. Saving Mr. Banks. Yeah. Yeah. I can't remember okay. what it was about, but I remember really liking it. Oh no! It was great. It was about. It was about basically the making of Mary, Mary Poppins, Poppins and like how. Walt had to like court P.L. Travers, the author of Mary Poppins, to she was right. basically somewhat like J.K. Rowling, like she was really protective of the property and wanted to make sure she had a lot of control over it. And it was basically him like convincing her, like his, her book was just selling like crazy, and he was like, "I am the person that can do this story justice," kind of thing. Right, because she didn't want to follow it, like let him do it because he had made the animated movies. She was like, "I don't want it to be like this." Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. she was, and she almost like didn't let him do it like fifteen times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Just kept going back and forth. No, it was a really good movie. Yeah, yeah. Any Disney fan should uh, should check that out. It's uh, it's inter- awesome. Interest interesting recounting of a piece, interesting piece of like a uh, film history. Mm-hmm. Cool. I'll have to uh, grab that and take a look at it. Oh yeah, do yourself a favor and check it out. It's great. It was really highly reviewed as well. Like it was. Yeah. Probably like ninety percent plus on Rotten Tomatoes. I think it was had honest. a whole bunch of Oscar nods. Yeah, how did I miss this? I feel like this is something I would have heard about. But it actually, it you know, it's big. funny. It was it was sort of like a Christmassy time movie, and it yeah, was oh, really oh. really pushed on like family. Mm. So I wouldn't be surprised if like with targeted marketing, you just missed it. Yeah, yeah that's true. Sense. And I, I probably caught a lot of it because I follow a lot of Disney stuff. Yeah, yeah. you love Disney. The only the only Disney stuff I follow now is like. The Marvel stuff. The Marvel stuff. <laughs> the the non-Disney Disney stuff. Yeah, the non-Disney Disney stuff. So <laughs> that and Star Wars, I guess, at this point, is pretty much what I follow. So yeah. Cool. So the, there was a rumor going around this week uh, that Quentin Tarantino has been working with J.J. Abrams on a new Star Trek movie. Yeah. Blows my fucking mind. I don't even know. There's no details or anything like that or like which generation they want to use or like anything, but... Just the idea, like, I don't even know how to describe how I feel about a Quentin Tarantino <laughs> Star Trek movie. Yeah. It doesn't make the any styles sense. styles just don't seem they'd go, to get, like, oh. they'd go together. I mean, unless it's, like, set entirely within the Klingon Empire or something like that. <laughs> just The whole episode is just, or the whole uh, movie is just Klingons just decimating each other with Batless. 
I, I was going to say, they just like are all eating cheeseburgers and everyone's just really confused about where the plot's going. <laughs> and they just, can't decide if it's like okay to tip or not. And like, yeah. <laughs> and they all keep like dancing, but it's real awkward. Yeah. <laughs> like reservoir Klingons or something like that. Is yeah, that reservoir Klingons. <laughs> I'd watch. 100% would watch. Honestly, like even if, if he makes it, I, even if it's like batshit insane, you know everybody's going to watch it. Because first of all, yeah. it's a Tarantino movie it's and Tarantino it's movie. Tarantino doing Star Trek, which is just like, yeah. these are two, this is like, you may as well give Tarantino like a Disney movie, like a real, like legit, yeah. like you're doing Snow White, like remaking Snow White live action <laughs> or something ridiculous. You know what I mean? Because it's just Snow so. Snow White was all, all, already pretty brutal. Well, like the actual story, because like the hunter yeah. goes off and like kills a animal or whatever and pulls its heart out and brings it to yeah. the queen to show her that snow white's dead and that's true it's pretty fast. Some, i mean all those like fairy tales have some really fucking like the originals are all have some really dark shit in them it's just disney really sanitized it oh that's yeah because they were like yeah. we could make kids like this yeah that's true yeah but i mean like to tarantino levels though i don't know if it's the tarantino <laughs> no, i don't know i don't, I don't really know. want some of those grim's fairy tales were fucking well that's true well, grim yeah it's been a while since i've read or watched any of those things so i'm I'm trying to think but like the 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 notion of quentin tarantino working in in the star trek universe just like it has me leery but at the same time extremely curious as to see what could actually come from this i'm just like i don't know what's going to come from this but i want to know what may come from this because seriously sounds batshit insane (laughs) oh yeah Okay, so moving on, there's a little bit of casting news. Alice Eve, who was in Star Trek Into Darkness and has been in a couple other things, has joined the cast of Iron Fist for season two. Ooh. I don't know who she's playing. They haven't, there hasn't been any announcement about like casting, like who the actual character she'll be playing is. Most mm-hmm. people are hypothesizing that it will be Danny's half sister, whose name I can't remember right now. I think it's Nora Rand, but that's about it. It would, it's, it would be nice to have a, I'll say, A list actor on that cast considering mm-hmm. that's kind of like the the weird b-list cast out of all of them. like there's nobody recognizable on the cast of iron fist except for rosario dawson yeah so i think it'd be interesting to have somebody in there who's actually like a face like a name and a face that i recognize not christy just... christy what just happened mark came home with christmas presents <laughs> your christmas presents my christmas presents well it's good that you're podcasting so he can wrap them while you're busy oh they're not mine never mind there's nephews Oh, no. <laughs> no, but wait, you made me look away. They're totally my friends. She's, she's, she's lying. She's lying to you. <laughs> That's funny. I just thought, oh, I can hear you so much better without my hat covering my ears. Sorry. <laughs> really? <laughs> really? Uh, Fabric, it's clearer. <laughs> oh, but, thanks, honey. Cash for life. <laughs> Chrissy's going to w- win a million dollars on the podcast right now. Holy shit. How cool would that be? <laughs> I'd be like, fuck yes. Like the last, it'd be the last episode with Christy on it, too, because yeah. she'd just disappear afterwards. She'd be doing the rest of her episodes like from a yacht or something. Yeah. No, that's not true. I mean, I'd do the rest of the episodes totally like, you know, having cash money, but I'd still do them. I'd just have a lot more time on my hands because I wouldn't work <laughs> for a year. I wouldn't work for a year. Just like sitting in like a, a pile of money, like Scrooge McDuck style on the episodes. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. Like, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't really know who Alice Eve is. She's not a like name that I recognize. I've seen like pictures of her. It's not it's not super recognizable to me. So yeah, whatever. I mean, Iron Fist needs some new blood to sort of shake things up. So hopefully, this is the new blood that does that. But I feel like 
having done a season of it, they know at this point, like sort of what works and what doesn't. So I don't see how the second season can't be better. Well, they've they've mm. they've gutted the showrunning staff too. Like, yeah, the guy who show ran it last year, who also show ran in humans, which <laughs> this guy will never get another job. That motherfucker's. Shake I feel I feel bad <laughs> for him because he's never going to work again. Like after those mm-hmm. two shows, he's oh, but maybe he can get a nice editing job. Like, uh, was that guy who uh, edited? Was it? He directed Star Trek Nemesis, and like. Mm. Stuart was it Stuart Baird or something like that? I had no idea. Star Trek something, Nemesis. The guy who directed the one that Nemesis. keeps track of like these production teams and stuff like yeah, that no. more than any of us do. The guy who directed well, he was an outsider from the production, like the regular Stu- Star Trek yeah, production. Stuart, Stuart Baird is yeah. his name. Yeah, he he got so shafted by that, he's pretty much just an editor now, but then he ended up winning an Academy Award for editing somewhere down the line. I think he also yeah. edited Casino Royale or something like that. Like he works mm-hmm. on the Bond movies oh, nice. as an editor now, which is I mean, he's not directing anymore, which is obviously more prestigious, but he is still working in the industry. I I don't think anybody will ever give him another movie again. So Mm -hmm. I feel like that guy who did Iron Fist and Inhumans back to back will probably be stuck in that kind (laughs) of similar boat. (laughs) Yeah, probably. That's a that's a particular set of failings. So, yeah, absolutely. So the last big piece of news that I have big and big in quotes, but like Marvel is releasing a, a murder mystery podcast that will star Wolverine as the main character. <laughs> with richard armitage of yeah. the hobbit and Can- hannibal fame as as, as wolverine. wolverine are you serious yep yeah oh that's so cool it is really cool oh, i thought it was kind of interesting by, by parabolic apparently is the company making this uh, th- and that's funny because i've never actually heard of them i thought is that the company that actually does cereal or is that uh, I have no idea. I'm just okay. looking at the article and I've never heard of this company. But then again, I'm not a huge podcasting listener, just maker. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts, but that's not a company that has ever come up before. Usually it's like an earwolf or a smodcast or nerdist or something like that that my stuff comes from. So, oh no, they're, they're partnering with Stitcher Audio to produce this podcast. Oh, okay. Maybe Parabolic cool. is just the name of the studio they're recording in or something like that because he posted Maybe. a picture of it of him in the studio richard armitage did yeah i don't know i just think it's cool that they're going that new media route like doing something trying something different like storytelling wise like trying yeah, new media and stuff like that i think it's pretty cool so quote quote unquote new media well Podca- media, podcasting a 15 year old medium at this point yeah well i mean <laughs> yeah i guess my mom listens to podcasts so that's, I guess that's <laughs> something right that's because your mom is hi karen hi mom <laughs> hi karen uh yeah i don't know i I think it's interesting because i like that that idea of like like the narrative based podcast i was actually just talking to bondi here about doing one because she's always writing plays and stuff like that but i was like why don't we do one as a podcast or like write a I podcast would freaking love that i told well you write it i'll like i can engineer it that's not a big deal i think oh i can figure God, that out at this point then why don't we do in it a good way <laughs> be like dance robot dance presents christie's insanity they're like i don't know what you want to write i don't care chris chris sanity yeah exactly christianity chris there you chris sanity i don't like the idea of being called Kristen. yeah that, you guys know how i am about yeah. being called different k names especially in the sack when it's not my name and you just met my friend who had that name <laughs> wait the problem bruno <laughs> is this a story you told us before that i'm forgetting now yeah he called me krista in bed after he just met her oh 
Wah, wah. I was like, uh, we're not having this anymore. That's why, you don't say, that's why you don't say names while you're in bed, because bad idea. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if he remembers that, but I do. Well, of course you do. Absolutely. I was like, wow, wow, thanks. Wow. <laughs> wow, something else. Wow. Nice. <laughs> wow, like, thanks, wow. Okay, so there there is one last piece of news Tim wants to talk about, so we'll let Tim talk about his Actually, one last got, piece of news. I've got I've got two or three. Well, oh, do you have yeah. another one? Oh. I got a couple other ones. All we'll, right, go we'll, ahead. We'll end with that one. Did you guys see these uh, new Columbia coats that they announced? I think just today. No, yesterday. No. They're no. they're Star Wars coats that look like the oh, ones that they're wearing in 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 uh, Echo Base. On on right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so um, there's, there's that's one, cool. Yeah, there's one that's that's Leia's coat. There's one that's Han's coat, and there's one that's uh, Luke's coat. Yeah, they yeah, and they look like you know really accurate to the movie. They they look really awesome. Tim is so fucking hard right now. He is ordering them all as he as we speak. That yeah. is so cool. They're four hundred bucks a pop. Yeah, Tim's back to get his credit card. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, Def- definitely getting like three of the Princess Leia ones. Well, I figured yes. it would be Princess Leia one you would want. <laughs> That's that slick white number, though, isn't it? I like that jacket. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's a cool-ass jacket. Yeah. But... Guys, that's such a cool... Like, what a great I... marketing ploy. Yeah, Bravo. I love that we're getting, like, such really great, like, marketing tie-ins and stuff like yeah. that now. I also got an email today, this is just out of nowhere, that Weta's going to start making collectibles, Star Wars licensed collectibles now as well. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah, anybody that that is, like, a, you know, Lord of the Rings movie fan knows that Weta's what is collectibles are just really fucking outstanding. Like they're really well sculpted and really like, they're all like polystone, really hefty and good quality and re- amazingly painted. So to have Weta doing those will be really cool doing star Wars stuff. If only they would get a license I care about, then I would be very excited <laughs> about that. You don't care about Lord of the Rings. Well, not, not to the point where I would like buy a replica buy of something. Yeah. Like yeah. buy collectibles, star Wars as well. Like they're it's not something like, too. Yeah, I would I would buy like if it was a Star Trek thing, I'd probably be like more inclined to like go in there and buy it. Mm-hmm. I am still waiting for replicas of the new phasers from Discovery because I really like that model. Because <laughs> it'll come looking, it'll yeah. come, I'm sure, especially considering it's already been renewed. Yeah, yep. Oh. I know. I'm waiting for that season to start back up again. I'm excited for that. So in in new movie news, the new Guillermo del Toro movie Shape of Water released and seems to be getting really solid reviews. The the backdoor Abe Sapien movie. Is that out this weekend or is it out last week? Uh, I think it's out this. Yeah, there was. A, first of all, there is a freezing issue with the way you said. That. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for that. Yeah, that was like hella confusing. <laughs> so it, it's it's basically like a merman kind of thing, but Guillermo del Toro what? forever after oh, yeah, Hellboy yeah. had been wanting to do an Abe Sapien like solo yeah. movie, but he never got to. And this character design looks a shitload like Abe Sapien. It looks just like his Ape Sapien too. Like it's yeah. very reminiscent of the Ape Sapien from the Hellboy movies, which is to the point where I think it's, I, uh, is it Doug Jones that's playing the? I don't know. The, he's been he's on man in this. He's on I Discovery. I was gonna say, he's on Discovery, so he might be super busy. Like I don't know if he would have time to do a movie on top of. I mean, I guess the movie's probably shot beforehand, but like Discovery's been on set for. Yeah, probably shot quite a while ago. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it must be pretty busy. But yeah, all the reviews I'm seeing for it so far look pretty solid. So uh, oh, I want to see that. one that I go out and see. Yeah, I'm going to go see that this weekend if it's out. Yeah, it is. Doug Jones, awesome. Doug Jones as Amphibious Man. Oh, that's awesome. So he's literally <laughs> same casting and everything yeah. as yeah. Abe Sapien. Have you seen the uh, the trailer for it? I saw the first one, I think. Yeah, it looked really cool. 
Yeah, I haven't yeah, seen the second one. The first, tra- the first trailer piqued my interest. I was really, I like Del Toro though, so like I was kind of in the yeah, bag for it, too. regardless. So yeah, he makes cool stuff. He does like yeah. stylistically, like he makes stuff that looks cool. It may not be. Yeah. Actually, he's never done anything that I'm like, oh, that was a shitty movie, even if it looked cool. Like he always makes stuff that's like well written and like it always looks spectacular. So yeah. my one of my favorite movies is by him, and it's Pan's Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Pan's Labyrinth. Quality film. That was like some dark you know, shit. Some, I wasn't someday, excited. someday when we do our favorite directors uh, movie or episode, we can. I'm sure we'll talk yeah. quite a bit about Guillermo. Yeah, for sure. I really wanted to see his Haunted Mansion movie, but I don't think it's ever going to get made. But I really want to. I want. He was talking about doing Into the Mouth of Matt or the Mountain of Madness or whatever that H.P. Uh, Lovecraft story, and I was like, mm. his, oh, his "Damn, Cthulhu? that would be fucking good." Yeah. Well, no, that's not a Cthulhu story, but oh, it's not. I was going to say though, I could see him doing a kick-ass Cthulhu job. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially yeah. given given uh, the Pacific Rim kaiju-y kind of stuff that he's just. Did. I have not seen Pacific Rim. Neither have I, but I've heard really good things about it. Yeah, it's fun. I've it's not a great movie, sense. but it's fun. Like, yeah. but that's the thing, though. He he's on a, like it unashamedly makes stuff like that, and that's why I like him yeah. because he's like, I wanted to make this because I wanted to make this. Yeah. Well, and when he does it, he does it well. Like he doesn't just go in and do it for the paycheck kind of thing. He goes in because he wants to do it, and he does a really solid job of it, even if it isn't maybe the most substantial thing, like something like Pan's Labyrinth would be. Yeah. Oh, Pan's Labyrinth, so good. I'm still disappointed he didn't get to make that third Hellboy movie. Like that's going to be one of those, like one of those what ifs for me, like forever. It's like why, it, like almost like a Heath Ledger. Why if what if Heath Ledger has survived past to make like the third Batman movie? It's one of those like third movies that I'm like ah, I really would have liked to have seen mm-hmm. him be able to finish out that trilogy because his like the first Hellboy movie was okay, but the second one was just so like cool to look at. I guess like it was so much fun to watch. So I was, yeah, like, that's yeah. pretty cool. Uh, that's one I, I gotta watch Hellboy before the new ones come out. No, you don't. It'll be a separate franchise. <laughs> yeah, total reboot. Yeah, so. but I still want to know like the story and the character in the yeah. original format. You know what I mean? Like, I still want to appreciate. I'd like to appreciate the art of it. If you want to watch the original format, I can lend you the library editions of the first, like the first five library editions that I have here. Because mm-hmm. reading it like the original Magnolia stories is probably the best way to like get acclimated to Hellboy because it's. Mm. I love the way Magnola draws that book. It's just like, it just bleeds black everywhere. It's fucking gorgeous stuff. So yeah. Um, Sounds really cool. It is. It's really, I'll show when you guys are, when you're here next, I'll show you the books. Like they're in my, my foyer kind of thing. Yeah. Magnola's art is always really solid. And the library editions are big, like absolute style kind of prints. Like they're Mm, oversized. Yeah. So like, I think they're one and a half times comic book size or something like that. So they're, you really get in there and see some of the ink detail and stuff like that and all the wash that he does on it. It's mm-hmm. fucking, they're really nice additions. So, In much less serious news, the last thing that I had is that the voice of Pikachu in Detective Pikachu has been cast and it is Ryan Reynolds. Oh. Yeah, okay. see? We have the same reaction because we both wanted it to be The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm actually a little disappointed with that casting because I, I really was hoping it would be Dwayne because... Not that I have any investment in like Pokemon at all, at all, but just the thought of Dwayne voicing Pikachu just for some reason made me laugh. Oh my god, it's hilarious! <laughs> yeah. So it just it doesn't feel like it would work. Honestly, I don't think that any character or any like really well known actor voicing Pikachu really works. But whatever. I just find it interesting that like 
he's de- like Deadpool is going to be voicing like a kid's cartoon. Like that's just <laughs> yeah. kind of weird to me now. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, it's, it's not like the most san. you know, it's not like it's a Disney character or something like that, you know, like a super sanitized company kind of thing. Like Pokemon is not the like most pure children's yeah, cartoon yeah, yeah. ever kind of thing. It was weird. Still, it's this whole thing is weird. Although to be fair, you say he's not voicing a Disney character. He'll be playing a Disney character by the end of next week, from what <laughs> what it sounds like. Because if they fold that shit back in, Deadpool. Yeah, they're back not. In- they're not going to keep. It's not going to be Disney presents Deadpool. Nope. <laughs> Deadpool two. It's going to be you know. Here's this other studio that we made so that we can maintain some st- distance from this character who talks about touching his dick all the time and. <laughs> Feels yeah, they're probably just like, oh, this was a smart, this is a smart, family-friendly choice. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Also, why does Pikachu have to have a voice? <laughs> I guess Detective Pikachu is like a thing. I don't know exactly. I don't know anything about that whole. Like, we'd have to get no. Paul on to explain it. I think he knows about it because he was really excited when I he he was the first one that posted on my wall that Dwayne was going to be doing it, and yeah. he was really hyped about it. And I was like, okay. We'll have to get him on to talk about it at some point, maybe. I have still been playing Pokemon Go, but uh, it's, that's where the extent of my Pokemon knowledge ends. Which is why Christy yells at me when I pronounce Pokemon's names wrong. Mm-hmm. When I say I when know. I say Gyarados. I'm going to kill you. <laughs> or Gyarados, or whatever the fuck it is. No! Gyar- Incorrect. Gyarados? No! Interesting that you guys do, you're talking about Pokemon Go, because that's usually your Geek of the Week, which is, I think, about where we are in the episode now, guys. (laughs) Christy? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so um, my Geek of the Week, I wish I could tell you my Geek. No, you didn't do a sting. Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. Um, You see, I put down my controller, so I would actually pay attention. I'm just kidding. (laughs) I'm just kidding. I pay attention. No, um, okay, let's do it. Ready? I'm ready. Geek of the week. Geek of the week. Geek of the week. Meow, 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 meow. Meow, meow, meow. You know because there's an air horn, and we're announcing it over the over the rest of the song. Have you guys noticed that I've stopped doing any kind of effects to those? Because I just <laughs> yeah. haven't given up. At this they were unnecessary. They were totally unnecessary. It was fun for a little while, but it just got a little boring. So I was like, no. <laughs> they make total asses themselves. I'm just going to let it ride the way it is. Yep. So, <laughs> good on them. All, All right, right. Now, Christy. Now, Christy. <laughs> okay. What was the yeah. of the week? I would love to tell you. But Mark is sitting next to me. So I can't tell you my true geek of the week. <laughs> what is a geek? A geek of the week. Okay, so uh, maybe just because it pertains to our podcast, but yesterday I taught an improv class and we were going around the circle and we were talking about motivation because I was teaching about how to find a good motivation for a scene and how that's the source of all improv. And I was talking about fears at one point. So I was asking everybody what their biggest fear was. And so I talked about mouths. Hearing the podcast. Yeah. Well, I talked about the podcast actually a little bit. Did you tell them what the podcast was called so they may or may not? I call. I told them it was called um, Geeks with Christy Kids. Geeks, want Geeks with know. Kids. Yeah. yeah. Geeks with Kids. Here's this episode that I'm on. Yeah. Don't want to. Well, you you've been on a couple. I have. I have just two. I think two or three. Yeah, I've been on two or three too. So. Yeah. But so anyway, we were talking about our fears and what motivates those fears. 
so like some guy was afraid of heights because when he was a kid, he tried to be a, you know, a diver and tried to go, well, not a diver, but he tried to, you know, get up there on the diving platform and jump off. And he was so scared. He had to like jump, he had to walk back down the ladder Oh, and like, yeah. And then there was like someone else who was afraid of driving because their parents were in a car accident. And they were kids, both survived, but like they're really freaked out by driving now. So like I said, well, I'm really afraid of giant mouths. And the motivation for that is this character, uh, T- Totoro. <laughs> and um, one day we'll get to the root of this. Uh, I'm saying it. I'm saying it. I'm saying it. I'm not. Uh, I'm still getting gaggy. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, I feel like that should be our topic for like episode 100. It's like we finally uh, get to the center of the, the of why Christy the Tootsie Roll that is Christie's. You guys know <laughs> it's liverless. The Tootsie Roll pop. How many episodes yeah, it's does it from Country Bear Jamboree? <laughs> <laughs> I won't sing the song. The world. Okay, that, anyway. That gag is played out, I think, at this point. Yeah. What? Singing the liver lip song. Us teasing yeah, you. Don't do it Us teasing you because of your weird phobia. Also. Yep. Yeah, it got used. That liver lips got brought up inexplicably by my one of my troop members in our last show, and I froze on stage. Should I tell you guys that? <laughs> no. Yeah, I was pretending to be an, erg- like, an, erg- an ergonomic Santa. No, an electronic <laughs> Santa. And I was like, and she was like, ah, yes, here we have a teapot. She points to my friend, Andrew. It was Adrienne. And she puts to Andrew and um, she's like, I have an eclectic Christmas setup. In fact, if you look to my right, here's a character from the Country Bear Jamboree. And I just like stopped <laughs> moving and I felt myself start shaking. <laughs> so uncomfortable. And that never happens to me on stage. I'm like, that's not know, true. Super confident up there. That's not true. It happened when I drew that elf. Oh, fucking elf. (laughs) 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 Anyway. Which is why I'm not allowed to go see Christy perform anymore. (laughs) What about... Elf Carousel? What? What Oh, fuck, yeah. Stop hosting from the background. Yeah. I know, you need to come back on. Backseat hosting. Yeah, yeah, backseat hosting (laughs) as he eats toast. But yeah, so anyway, I was telling them about my fear and opening myself up and being vulnerable. And for the rest of the fucking night, everybody in every goddamn scene brought up fucking Totoro. Whether it was like someone was like, yeah, I went in to have jaw surgery by Dr. Totoro. And I was like, fuck you. And then like another guy was like, oh, man, I just feel like. I just feel like I have this big yawn coming on. So it would yawn and be like, oh, man, I, I don't know. Do you guys want to take in that uh, the never-ending story? He's got that, uh, <laughs> that, that dragon dude, Fragcore. Fragcore. <laughs> like I just kept being like, you guys suck. I was being open and vulnerable and trying to be a good teacher by teaching you like how to be a... a... It's not irrational. Fine, it's irrational. Three and a half fucking hosts, anyway, guys. Yeah, that, <laughs> that is my um, that is my geek of the. That's hysterical. <laughs> I'm glad it can bring all of you joy. It, it's very amusing because it makes no sense. Like it. No, it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense to you because you are not me. Nope. You did not grow up with this plaguing you. <laughs> no. All right, before Chris, you try to be me. Uh, no, thank you. Before, oh my <laughs> I have enough problems of my own. I don't need to take on yours too. Come on, you don't want to. You don't want a piece of this. Phrasing. Yeah. Tim, what was your geek of the week? 
Funny you should mention, my Geek of the Week has not been Pokemon Go for a long time, but <gasps> because it's only been a few days uh, since we last recorded, that probably is the geekiest thing I've done in the last few days. So a couple weeks ago, there was like global catch event or something like that, where basically oh, yeah. if like you caught enough Pokemon, it like sort of collectively everybody that's playing got enough Pokemon, it would trigger a few rewards. And uh, one of them was that Farfetch became available in worldwide. So I caught oh, far, cool. yeah. So I caught Farfetched, which was one of the only Pokemon I didn't have yet. And then after that, as sort of a reward for everybody doing so well, they re- well, I'm sure they were planning to do it anyways. They released Ho-Oh, the big, big, big legendary bird. Mm-hmm. Only, only for like the next couple weeks or something like that. I think it goes until the 13th or 14th. And so I haven't been playing a whole lot because my Pokedex is full. I'm like at the point where it's just like level grinding, and I'm not really all about that. But there was a new Pokemon, so I went out and actually like raided with some people and caught my ho and now my Pokedex is as as complete as it can be without going to Europe or Asia, <laughs> basically, and getting those regionals. So yeah, that was pretty fucking nerdy was me going out. I think it was Sunday afternoon after we finished recording actually that I went out and uh, Really? Yeah. Oh no, because we recorded Saturday e- Sunday evening. Sunday evening. Might actually yeah, it may actually, it must have been before we recorded. So technically, it's my geek of last week, but <laughs> yeah, fair enough. That's it. Cool. Yeah, because like my, I was trying to think, like I was racking my brain all day, like geek of the week. What the fuck have I done this week? I'm like, like two nights. It's been yeah. like two days. Like I edited, <laughs> one of them was editing the podcast too. Like I pretty much spent, because I ran, Monday. well, like I ran out of here after we recorded on Sunday and went back to Toronto to see mm-hmm. my third tea party show, which we already talked about. Yeah. Which was awesome, but like, I mean, I just talked about it. That was your geek of last week. And that was what I talked about last week. And then I was like, Monday night, I re- fucking edited the podcast and went to bed. And then last night, I caught up on the, the DCU shows or the DC, whatever, the CW shows. Yeah. So Flareover shows. The Flareover shows, because they're all at mid-season finale. So I was like, I got through Supergirl, Flash, and Legends of Tomorrow. And I don't want to spoil Tim, but like the ends of Legends of Tomorrow. Oh, I'm so excited now. So, yeah. You can spoil it. Constantine's back. Constantine is back. Oh yeah. Yeah. Nice. So Constantine showed up at the last like in the last scene of Legends of Tomorrow before the mid-season finale. And I'm like, oh, it's so nice That's to awesome. see Matt Ryan in the trench coat again. God yeah. damn it. And they let him smoke. He lit a cigarette on screen. I was like, oh. And then then even like I'm surprised that they didn't like tease that at all or or like nothing leaked about that. Like they must have kept that pretty solid under wraps. I knew it was happening because they've been yeah. talking about like because the bad guy this year is uh Malice. Yeah, yeah, and he, they've already brought the Damien Dark and his like witch daughter back, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And they're like, we don't know how to handle the magic guys. And I was like, well, I already know Matt Ryan's like been talking about showing up on this show, so now I know how they're going to deal with these magic people because yeah. it means Constantine's going to show up, which is just awesome because it's really nice because that show got fucked and like deserved it did. Better yeah, than it did. I, I would have loved to have seen a lot more of that show. Um, yeah. It. It didn't necessarily hit its stride, but there was enough cool stuff on it that I really did want to see more of Constantine. Yeah, and I was—I kept hoping they would bring it over to the CW, but it just never happened. So, um, whatever yeah. little bit of Matt Ryan as Constantine I can get these days, I'll take. Apparently, they're doing an animated series um, next year. Yeah, where he's where he's vo- voicing it. I think that's one of those things that's going to end up on that DC streaming service that yeah. has been long talked about at this point. Well, apparently, it's the same group that does the that does Vixen, the the Vixen animated show. I guess there's a thing. I don't. I've never seen it. So yeah, I, I've I've uh, I've seen bits and pieces about it, but I haven't watched that either. 
Yeah, I know the character shows has shown up on Arrow a couple times, but like I didn't go back and like look at the show. I should probably at some point because I am pretty invested in that, like the CW yeah. shows at this point. Like I'm excited for because Black Lightning premieres when those shows come back in January too, because that'll be like their fifth, yeah, their fifth fucking show, which is just like like crushing my fucking free time at this point. So nice, yeah. So that was that's I guess that's my geek of the week because it's been like two days since we recorded last. So there you go. True. Cool. So are you guys ready to move on to the meat of the episode? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> meat of the episode. Live musical meat. Oh, that sounds so gross. <laughs> but not actually musicals, hopefully, anyway. One day you'll have to sit down for that. Yeah. I'll just produce that episode, though. I'll be able to walk away. I'll let you guys talk. <laughs> just go. <laughs> just text me if there's a problem with the audio. <laughs> playing playstation so (laughs) this week uh i i decided because we did kind of a heavy topic last week i thought it'd be fun to kind of do something a little bit more freeform and fun so i wanted to talk about because i know i get a lot of flack for the amount of concerts i go to and i wanted to talk to the guys about concerts they've been to because i go to one every week tim looks like he's trying to pull his brain out of his nose right now (laughs) yeah it was gross yeah that's attractive (laughs) so yeah so i wanted to talk about just like concert experiences just like shows you've been to shows you've seen shows you want to see that kind of stuff so i thought we'd start i gave the guys a little list of like kind of whatever i can't think of the word i'm looking for conversation starters yeah there you go that's (laughs) 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 all right hosting it's always shoddy hosting when i host that's why I hate hosting. Nah, nah, you go. All right, so I figured we'll start. We'll start light. And what was the first concert you guys ever been to? When we start with, uh, we'll start with Christy because Tim looks like his nose needs to. <laughs> yeah, are you like oh, getting nose? Okay. What's going on, bro? I need to blow it. I'm gonna, I'll, I'll, I'll mute my microphone. Mute? All right. I just blew myself. But yeah, okay. So first uh, concert I ever went to was this uh, really small venue. Okay, that's a lie. Actually, okay. All right. I knew this day would come where I had to like tell the truth about the first concert I've ever been to. <laughs> I want to say that it New was kids the, on the first block? real concert. No, it's worse. <laughs> I want to say the worst, like the, the first real concert I ever went to was Jack's Mannequin. And it was a solid band. I really enjoyed them. I thought they were really fun. And I was like really up close and uh, with the stage. And it was just like such a such a good vibe and it was in that uh, really small venue in toronto um well not really small but i feel like you've you've talked about it before mark i've talked about probably every venue in toronto yeah, yeah, at yeah, this yeah. Point. So, I, I don't horseshoe? know if it's still around it was what was that tim was the horseshoe that's no it was um small uh small like a club kind of thing yeah sort no it wasn't a club it was like a, a an actual it felt almost like um What's it called? Um, it's like El Macombo. Like a gymnasium almost. Lee's Palace. Macombo, yeah. Um, no, there not was, Lee's Palace. There cool was House slash Warehouse. Yeah, cool House. The warehouse cool slash house. Cool House, yeah. Which was... Warehouse, for, which later became Cool House. Is cool house. I was looking for. Yeah. 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 Which was, for the longest time, one of my favorite venues in the city. I love that place. So. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah. I got good memories was, of that place. Oh, man. I have tons, it was rad. tons of memories of that place. So, But, um, yeah. So, that's what I want to tell you. Was the first okay? So you're gonna tell us this week now. My dad, my dad took my family and I 
to see the Rankin family sisters Christmas. Oh concert. my god. Okay. That's where I was. <laughs> that was the first concert I ever saw, okay? Okay, that's far. I I'm, I'm saying it. It's out there. <laughs> where was that though? Like It was in Guelph. Oh, nice. Of course it was. Is there a venue in Guelph to see a concert at? Yeah, the River Run Center. Oh. It was probably at a fair. That seems like Rankin family seems like they'd play it like the whatever county Guelph is in fair. It was just the sisters. Okay. One of them's name is Cookie. Yep. And they sang beautiful songs. <laughs> but at the time, I was very upset that it was the first concert that I was ever going to go to. That's funny. Because I knew one day someone would ask me, Christy, what's the first concert you ever saw? And I'd have to answer them truthfully with the <laughs> Rickon Family Sisters Christmas concert. And of course, it's going to be on the on your podcast where you know you're going to get shamed for it by the guy who goes to like a million concerts. Like, <laughs> so. I know. That's awesome. That's why I was like, I don't know if I can be honest about this. But I will. That's fair. It's it is a part of my history and who I am. That happens. <laughs> I say that's interesting because like I never, my parents never took me to a concert. It was more like no. I ended up taking them to concerts later when well, my mom more like later. Yeah. But like yeah, I started going more or less like on my own. So like the first show I ever saw was I uh, the Tea Party. Oddly enough, shockingly, was playing. What? At, I don't remember. I think it was at, there's a little venue in Thorold, which is just south of St. Catharines, called Front 54. I don't even know if it's still there or not anymore. Somebody from St. Catharines is going to have to like get back to me and let me know if it's still like actually active. But like me and I want to say my cousin, but maybe Eric, we, we I think we snuck in because it was a 19 plus show and we were maybe 15 or 16 or something like that when the show came around. So actually, no, 95 would have been 14. How the fuck did I get into that? Con- Badass. Either way. Yeah, the first show I ever saw was like the tiny little tea party show like in St. Catharines when they were like, I don't even know if Edges of Twilight was out yet or it may have just come out when that concert, like that tour came around. But yeah, that was the start of, well, actually what ended up being now 37 shows I saw on Sunday. So, so I've seen <laughs> that's them insane, lot. Mark. Yeah, that's not, that's not even the most. So we can talk about that later. <laughs> do you keep track of all these? That was one of the things I wanted to ask you. Do you have? Do you like keep all your ticket stubs or whatever? I have this. I have the stubs for like. I know there's. I know three bit. Ba- well, I can tell you like the big ones. I can tell you how many times I've seen them for the most part. Some of them yeah, I'm like a little fuzzy on. Matthew Good, I know for sure. Tea Party, I know for sure. Pearl Jam, I know for sure. Deftones, Queens of the Stone Age, Tool. I'm pretty like I'm ballpark kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And I could probably go back if you put sat me down in front of like. uh like a chronology, like a concert chronology. I'd be like, yeah, I was at that show. That, that show. one, that one, that one. Yeah. Yeah. So nice. Yeah. So the tea party was my first concert and was also my most recent concert. So, <laughs> well, until this weekend, when I go see the Rio statics, which you should all go do, go to the horseshoe this weekend, see the Rio statics. Cause none of them are sold out. I'm disappointed in Canada right now. <laughs> Tim, what was the first concert you saw? I've kept going back and forth on this. I sh- probably should have actually like looked them up, but I'm pretty sure that it was kiss. Nice. Uh, yeah, I saw a kiss at. Uh, I mean, I I can't remember like if my parents ever took me. Like they might have taken me to see like fucking like Raffi or Chandler yeah, yeah, yeah. or something like that. But I'm not counting that. Yo, Raffi's the best. Yeah, but no, the first concert that like I was the one that actually bought the ticket to kind of thing. I'm pretty sure would have been Kiss. They were like in full makeup. It was Kiss with Ted Nugent and Skid Row. Oh Jesus, that's. That's a that's a hell of a fucking bill. Yeah, it's quite the bill. Yeah, at um, I'm pretty sure it was Maple Leaf Gardens. It was definitely in Toronto. You know what year? 
I'm looking up right now, actually. I'm trying to see. Kiss. It was their farewell tour, I think. Then they come right back and do Psycho Circus like two years later, because that's when I saw them. They came <laughs> back in full makeup and I saw Psycho Circus. But I think it was, uh, I want to say Rob Zombie was opening for them when I saw them. Yeah. I'm ch- Fuck, I don't know. Kiss farewell tour. No, it can't have been. Because this would have been, two. that was 2000. Well, they must have done a tour before that. Yeah, this is oh, it must have been the Alive tour, uh, Alive Worldwide. So it would have been like '97 uh, or something like that. But yeah, so I'm trying to figure out when this Toronto ni- no 1996. That would have been too early. I wouldn't have been going to concerts in like grade nine. Fuck, I can't 90, remember. '96 would have been. We would have been grade ten. Yeah, it might have been the Psycho Circus tour, which would have been like '98. Yeah, '98. That's when um, I. Yeah, but I think I saw. I went to Hamilton. I think so. Yeah, that that sounds right. It's in, in which case it would have been the Sky Dome. Um, no, it doesn't look like they had a Hamilton. At least not. They didn't have a Hamilton date on that tour. Oh, I know. I know. I saw them in the late nineties. I just can't remember. Yeah, specifically. So it it's definitely either. So in that one, at least I remember like really vividly. Like we had uh, one of our like the people I was going with. He had to go to like. Uh, I think it was Sunrise Records and like wait for, you know, get a wristband for the ticket and like get in the lottery and everything. And he ended up getting tickets that were like fourth row center. Yep. That's awesome. They were like, yeah, right up fucking close. And uh, for anybody that's ever been to a Kiss live show, Gene Simmons has like this little platform he gets on and gets like hooked into and gets like lifted up over the crowd and does the worst fucking bass solo you've ever heard in your life. But like he's just giving her right and you guys tongue hanging out of the fucking mouth and like he's still doing the blood yeah they were there in full makeup everything it was a fucking experience to be sure and like we were like 16 17 or something like that at the time so yeah. we're all just like fucking losing our minds like yeah this is fucking amazing yeah. nothing could possibly ever beat this this is the most epic thing to have ever happened in our lives yeah <laughs> And uh, I mean, Ted Nugent was Ted Nugent. He came out and did Cat Scratch Fever and yeah, but no, Kiss Kiss was really amazing. And I mean, you know, you have fucking uh, Ace Freely just fucking stumbling all over the stage while somehow still playing amazing fucking guitar. And yeah, it was it was Paul Stanley uh, had it was not too long after he had done a stint as Phantom of the Opera. Oh, that's right. I remember that in, yeah. in Toronto. So yeah. he was like talking. I remember he was talking on stage about like uh, having fond memories of, uh, you know, being in Toronto while he was doing that run and stuff like that as well. Yeah. So, yeah, that that would be my first concert ever would be seeing Kiss in Toronto uh, at around the age of 17. The other one I'm try- I was going back and forth. I, I also saw uh, Rage Against the Machine at Maple Leaf Gardens uh, in the in the it would have been I think it probably would have been 99. It was when they were touring uh, the Battle, Battle of LA. Yep. I was yeah. at that. I, well, no, 90, 99 would have been Battle of LA? Yeah, yeah. I was at that show. I was in the pit. Yeah. For that oh, show. I wasn't. I, I was I was way up in the fucking rafters for that I one. I almost I swear to god, I thought we were going to die. Like when Bulls <laughs> on Parade started, I was like we are going to fucking die. <laughs> but at that one that was actually the first time that i ever had any experience with with weed because oh. uh the guys that i was there with had started oh, getting into it but like as i've mentioned on the podcast before my mother was like the vice principal of our high school so nobody like would ever offer it to me but at that concert everybody was like oh this would be funny and they just gave me like it was a blunt basically so they were like oh let's tell them it's a cigar and i like inhaled and i was like okay oh, whatever shit. Well, except except i didn't actually inhale like i just pulled it into my mouth like i would normally do a, a cigar, cigar yeah cigar i don't normally inhale that cigars is, 
and uh and they were like oh we're getting you high and i was like i i I didn't inhale so you guys just wasted that on me yeah so good on you (laughs) but i mean that whole fucking stadium was like hot boxed right so yeah everybody was some level of high in that oh, yeah. stadium yeah. at a Rage Against the Machine concert. They were passing it around in the mosh pit. We were all fucking stoned that night. So. <laughs> it was intense. Yeah. I should, before we get too much longer, I should say my drink for the episode is just cheap domestic beer because that's what I associate with concerts. Yeah. So I, I had He's some drinking my brand too. I, did, I had some Moosehead kicking around uh, at the after the uh, Middle Earth Marathon. So I'm just nice. kicking back a few nice. Mooseheads as we discuss concerts. That's my that's my cheaper of choice. That uh, mm-hmm. good old moose head. That's the stuff we drink up here so all the time. Yeah. <laughs> it t- tastes okay, and you can put them back fast. So yeah, exactly. <laughs> Canada's oldest independent brewery, and it doesn't yeah. say uh, import down here, which some of the other Canadian beers do. Like you can get a like Molson Canadian or Labatt Blue, except it'll say like imported, which is really weird. <laughs> that's <to me>. gross. <laughs> like it's yeah. so. Gross. Why did you import Molson Canadian? <laughs> it's still better than American beer. That's actually least American, you know least domestic American beer. I always, I always find like that's what I compare American beer to is like Canadian or blue. But I'm just like, no, they're gross now. But I guess yeah, it, it is better than Bud. It's so. better than Bud Light. It's better than like Miller Light. Any of those shitty like really cheap yeah. American light beers. Even Fair. even like Budweiser, which is tastes like a light beer but isn't. Yeah, yeah. I had a Bud the other day because it was the only thing they had at. I was at a show. It was probably, uh, yeah, exactly at a show. Yeah, <laughs> they drink yeah. cheap, cheap fucking domestic yeah. beer. Well, it's because they, they had they had the uh, the 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 ice bucket kind of up front, and like mm. the, the little girl selling it, kind of yeah. near the front of the stage. And I was like, I don't want to go all the way back to the main bar, and, and then, then I'm going to leave my office to navigate back through the crowd. Yeah, exactly. So I was just like, can like reached out to her and was like, sell me a beer because <laughs> it's such a small venue that I can just kind of whatever, hop over and grab it. It's awesome. Lost, I think we lost Christy. Oh, Christy's totally playing. No, Horizon, I'm here. You know, I'm right? listening. <laughs> I just no, I just I don't have anything to add to that. I I'm just listening to your story. All right. All right. Let's uh let's move along then. Um so what was your what was the favorite show you've ever seen? Uh favorite show? Yeah. Oh man, that's rough. I don't know. I probably uh actually no, I know. Uh The Boss. That was a really cool concert. Oh, you seen Springsteen? Yeah. Cool. When 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 was that? Yeah, he was rad. That was a couple years ago. My dad took me. Oh, nice. Was that uh, the the rising tour? And, uh, pardon? Was that the rising tour? Uh, I think so. When he played the the Skydome. Oh, okay. No, I saw him at ECC, so maybe it was something. Oh, the, no, I, the I rising, saw him at Skydome. The rising. That song was a while ago. Now, yeah, it was a while ago. Yeah, I'm old. I can't remember things properly. So. <laughs> no, this was I think just him just touring for the hell of it. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, I can't. I'm trying to remember what the tour was called, but I wasn't really paying attention to that. I was just excited to be seeing Springsteen because, yeah. you know, he's uh, awesome. huge yeah. and yeah. awesome. Um, and Good I, live show, too. Yeah, he was really fun to watch. Yeah, good live show. Like, he was, he was just, like, really engaged with his fans, too, which I appreciated. Yeah. Because, like, there, it was a lot of older women. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, excuse me. Who came to see, like, you know, Bruce in his tight pants. Bruce. Yeah. Yeah. so where where you said this was in toronto yeah okay so it wouldn't wouldn't have been i'm looking at their tour chronology it wouldn't have been the high hopes tour which was 2014 it probably would have been, it might have been that actually they didn't they didn't play anywhere in canada the wrecking ball world tour which was 
2012 to 2013. I'm looking to see if they had Canadian dates that on one. that. Was it Roger Center? Yes. That's like five uh, like five years ago, 2012. Oh, I guess maybe. Might have been that long ago. Maybe. Yeah. That makes sense. <laughs> that looks... Anyways, sorry. Go ahead. No, no. Yeah, but it was, it was just a really good time. And like he was... Um, he was one of the most fun shows to see just because, like I said, he was engaged. He really wanted everybody. Like, he seemed like he was genuinely having a good time. Whereas, like, I've seen some other really cool people. Like, I saw Metric and Emily Haynes was just so blitzed. That, like, Yeah, they're not, they're not known for great live performances. I've watched her do a mountain of cocaine while I was at Brock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It was good times. Like in the same room as her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was working for the student union and they were playing one of the shows at, at, at the university. And I designed all the posters. So we were getting them to sign stuff. What where what years would this have been, Mark? Uh, 2010 ish. 2009, 2010. I'm going to have to ask my sister. My sister like uh, worked at the like performing arts center at Brock for around that time, uh, yeah. which is what is that where the show would have been? No, uh, it was it, it, that the the metric show was for like Frost Week. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it was an outdoor venue out in the field. It was sponsored like the student union sponsored like Isaac's mm. the bar sponsored it. So she she did that tour quite a few times with uh, students and stuff. School, yeah. I mean university. Yeah, yeah, they played. Yeah. yeah, they played. They played Brock a couple times while I was there. I think so. Yeah, same um, with Mac. But yeah, yeah, we had Chalk Lair for my Frost Week. The first time I saw Metric, actually, uh, Eric brought me up to mcmaster to see them at the what's the bar that's like in the basement quarters oh, quarters yeah quarters yeah yeah we had quarter well all of our bars were downstairs we had the rat which was downstairs we had the the downstairs john which was also in a fucking basement yeah. and then we had uh eventually quarters quarters opened like while eric and i were there like yeah like, i'm sorry that, that one was the one that lasted what quarters yeah yeah, the rat was great. It's where I can't remember the the that diversity cafe or whatever. Yeah, that sort of took over what used to be the rat because that building was basically empty. I was actually part of the sort of not necessarily org- organizing committee, but the steering committee. I'll say for that diversity cafe when I was at Mac. Okay, oh, cool. Is it still open? Cool. Um, or was it while so. you were? It was like a games room. It had like hal- halal food and stuff like that. Yeah, or? it was. It was. It was there yeah. when I was there, and I really enjoyed it. I would go there yeah. for the, they had kick-ass butter chicken. Mm-hmm. So yeah, like, like I was saying though, it was just, it could be frustrating watching people, like the other band that I saw that I was kind of disappointed in, like I loved watching them perform the first time I saw them, but then like I noticed that they just kind of do the same thing and I've seen them like three times now as Mother Mother. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I still really love them, but. Yeah, I, I would imagine like their songs are so tight that it would be difficult to do them live and also put on like a really solid like stage show as well. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Like, so yeah, stage show is always one of those things. I'm like, I guess if you, as long as your front man's relatively like engaging, I'm like, I don't really care what the band mm-hmm. more or less does. Like overall, if they're playing well, I mean, like having seen the tea party, like well over 30 times, like Jeff Martin repeats the same fucking stories about every song every night. Like I've heard the same story about him going to Glastonbury and getting sm- <laughs> like smashed on acid. And then writing fire in the head like 30 fucking times now. Oh, really? But every time and I hear it, I'm like, awesome. And then realizing that he's uh, Jim Morrison reincarnated. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, he actually was telling a story about writing a song for Edges of Twilight. And they were like driving through the Rocky Mountains kind of thing. Oh, that's and cool. it was the first time they ever did. 
they ever did. I'm not sure if it was acid or peyote, peyote. something. <laughs> yeah. He was on something and he was writing a song, but he was like, I was halfway through the mountains that I swore to God, Jim Morrison, like took over my body from then on. Like that was it. And I was like, yeah, we've heard this story before too, buddy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Either way. Because anytime I bring somebody new to see them, they're like, oh, that's a really funny story. I'm like, yeah, I've heard it 28 times. <laughs> nice. You're like, yep. But, ha, 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 ha. but still, like, once they actually start playing, I'm like, okay, I'm fine. Like, listening to them play is, like, amazing. So, yeah. Nice. Cool. Uh, Tim, what about you? What's your favorite show? Um, I'm going to go into festival territory. So as I think I've probably mentioned on the podcast before in 2004, uh, basically it was sort of an end of university thing, except I wasn't quite finished with university yet. Me and Did some you friends finished that kind of shit. Like, like a, six months ago. <laughs> yeah. Well, that was another university. Yeah. Me. And, uh, I think it was like four or five other people. We rented a station wagon because we were all under 25. So we couldn't rent a fucking like van or anything, a proper fucking, you know, something to drive across the country. It was right at the end of, uh, of our terms, but before any of us would go off to like start our summer jobs kind of thing. And okay. we drove all the way across the country to Coachella. <gasps> nice. Cool. In 2004 is the only time I've done like, I mean, I've done like edge fest and stuff like that, but this is the only time I, d- I did like one of those really big festivals. And it was a nice, like sweet spot. Like I feel like a couple, a few years after this, they started getting like st- super overdone and really crazy and just really extravagant kind of thing. Mm. Yeah. But this was right when I would say like the artistic sort of presence was at a tight. I have to go through and list all of their, like just some of the amazing bands that were here. Most of which I saw Radiohead Pixies. Uh, what else? What else? The, the rapture death cab. Uh, and you will know oh, by the trail of the death dead. Cab. I'm oh. so jealous. <laughs> That's my second time seeing death cab. The stills craft work. Electric Six, Mindless Self-Indulgence, Stereo Lab, Black Keys, Junior Senior, Phantom Planet, uh, LCD Sound System, although I didn't see them. Beck, that was all on day one. Day two, The Cure, The Flaming Lips, Air, Bell and Sebastian, Muse, Latigre. I was going to say, that's really late or early in the day for Muse to be playing because they're headlining uh, a a festival this year. <laughs> Such an incredible lineup. Yeah, they yeah. Muse played right around it was like just as it was getting dark. So it was like early evening, like eight o'clock or something like that, I think. Yeah, they're headlining a huge festival over Queens of the Stone Age this year. Yeah. Like Well, I mean, so this like, was Muse like yeah. right around when Absolution was blowing up, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it was still pretty early for them, especially across the pond in the US. Black Rebel Motorcycle Club, Bright Eyes. Oh, BRMC is amazing <laughs> live. Broken Social Scene. Who else? Crystal Method. Mogwai, Dizzy Rascal, Danger Mouse, The Killers, like okay. fucking just insane lineup, right? Like yeah, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. That's and the, out of all of those that I listed, I probably ended up seeing about 80% of them. Like I definitely saw Radiohead, I definitely <sighs> saw Pixies, Muse, Black Road Motorcycle Club, I know I saw The Cure, I know I saw Flaming Lips, Air, Bell and Sebastian, I also saw Muse, I saw it was just fucking outstanding. This is like five different tents. Um, for any yeah. of you that have ever seen like videos and shit like that of Coachella, there's always like crazy art installations and stuff like that as well. It's out basically on this huge like polo pitch, but it's at the end of their season. So they don't give a shit that everybody's out there like fucking it up kind of thing. Yeah. In the middle of the desert, like very close to uh, Joshua Tree National Park, which is where we camped while we were there, actually. So we we're like doing the whole festival thing, like camping in tents awesome. and everything. And uh, yeah, so we had this epic road trip out there, saw all these fucking amazing shows, and then had epic road trip on the way back as well. And nice. it was really, really awesome. 
I don't, I don't know what else to say. I mean, it was just a really crazy experience seeing all those like really epic artists out in the middle of some field in California. God, I can't even imagine. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's so hard for me. It would be so hard for me now to justify going to do like a big festival experience like that, unless I had somebody else I was going with. that was like really into it. Like Alicia's not really into concerts kind of thing. And also like that was the perfect time to do it because you sort of have the freedom, you know, you, you just finished school. You don't necessarily have to have a job or whatever at that point. And so you have the time where you can just fuck off for a week and drive across the country kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like to do that again at some point. Like, I've never done, like, the huge cross-country kind of stuff. Like, I've never done that big festival kind of thing. So, like, I've done, like, Edge Fest. And I did, they had the SARS Fest in Toronto, like, when the I was at that, too. I was at that. So, like, that was was an experience. Like, I don't know, let's say it was my favorite show. I just remember really thinking how overrated the Stones were. Like, they just were not (laughs) very interesting live. And then, I because, like, um, ACDC was so fucking good. Yeah, they were. Like so fucking good that night so yeah Yeah, i was there as well um that actually uh i saw with my parents okay because my dad my dad did a year at royal military college uh, in kingston basically before he realized that like he was not cut out for military service people yeah military service and he was honorably discharged oh really but he still has yeah he still has friends uh in the military and one of his friends was like basically part had been in the military for like 30 some years at this point, 40 years. And he was I think running the logistics for that because it was oh, on nice. the Don Valley airfield, which is essentially yeah. like military base at this point. And so, and he also lives just off the military base. Okay. okay. So we stayed at his, at his house the night before. And then we, there was a little compound set up like just to the left of the stage that was all like fenced in and stuff like that had like free food and free drinks and stuff like that. I don't think I have free alcohol, but like free soda and water. And so we watched the whole show from there. That's awesome. And like at one point they were ferrying Mick Jagger up to the stage and he passed like literally like within a few feet of the fences in front of us kind of thing. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. We were right in the throng. Like we were in the fucking crowd, like just in there kind of thing. Cause like that, the guys that I went with were people that, like we were like regular Edge Fest kind of like because by the time when did that happen? Was that night like two thousand? It was sorry, stuck. <laughs> uh, yeah, or Wilson Canadian was. Rocks is what yeah. I think it actually ended up being called. But either way, like we were we 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 were like veterans of a couple Edge Fest by that point, so like a big crowd wasn't like super intimidating to us because yeah. like whatever we had a big enough group of people that we knew what we were doing kind of thing. Summer of two thousand three. Oh, okay, yeah. So yeah. absolutely, yeah. By then was, we would have been like. Yeah, we would have been like twelve deep and just like running right into the middle of the fucking mosh pit. Were you, were you the ones that were chucking uh, full water bottles at Justin Timberlake? Oh, uh, poor JT. Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> he, to be fair, he didn't really like fit into that uh, that lineup, no. but people were not kind to him. And I think he actually no. like at some point like left the stage or like I can't remember exactly, but or like stopped the. Uh, yeah, he stopped the show and said, "Like, come on, guys, I'm just I just want to do some music for you, so fuck off." Yeah, but uh, yeah, I remember, I remember we were stopping that, the show. Too. Yeah, Tea Party played before uh, ECDC. Yeah, so. Tea Party, Sam Roberts, uh, yep. Isley Brothers, Blue Rodeo, Justin Timberlake, The Guess Who, Rush, ACDC. Like that was also yep. a fucking epic lineup. It was a, it was a, it was a long day. Yeah. <laughs> Half Flame, Flaming Lips were there as well. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah. Here it says uh, Justice Timberlake was booed by the crowd, which is anticipating the harder rocking second half of the concert. Yeah, throughout his performance, he had to dodge water bottles, toilet paper, muffins, and other oh. items thrown by the audience. He yeah. later returned to duet with Mick Jagger on Miss You 
and yep. or Crimea River. Yeah. Uh, and oh yeah, and Keith and Keith Richards went out and like fucking chastised the crowd for being a dick yeah. to him. Yeah, because yep. Justin Timberlake is apparently genuinely quite a nice guy. Yeah, by all reports. Just, I've never heard two thousand and three. Two thousand and three. We were we were really fighting hard to kind of keep the rock like thing alive. So having somebody like that show up at a show like that would have been like unfortunate. Just not a good scene. Yeah, I still remember. I think it was like Edge Fest. I want to say like ninety eight or ninety nine. Remember Serial Joe Tim? Yeah. <laughs> we yeah, were waiting for somebody to come on come on stage, and Serial Joe was playing. And I watched that the little whiny lead singer get just <laughs> crushed in the face oh. with a fucking water bottle. Oh, I always felt bad about that shit. Like even you know, even if you're not a fan, kind of thing. It's like that. That's that's the toxic fandom of the like yeah. of of the late the '90s kind of thing. Yeah, or the the yeah the concert hall <laughs> scene kind of thing. Oh man, I I don't you know what I I feel I feel bad now, but like I laughed my ass off then. So because <laughs> he started like freaking out and swearing at the crowd, and we're like. His voice was squeaking and shit. Who was like, this? Oh god, this is funny. This band, Serial Joe, Joe. they were like, uh, like grunge, grunge punk or something like that. Yeah, or like, like yeah, I don't even know. Pop punk. Yeah, they're a bunch of like fourteen year olds that like just somehow got played on much music for like a year or something like that, and they ended up on the B stage at Edge Fest one year, and like the kid got pelted in the face with a water bottle. It was the funniest fucking thing I'd seen in my life up to that point. So <laughs> I quite enjoyed that. <laughs> awesome. Okay, so oh, you know what? I haven't said my favorite show. No, you, you haven't. Have. I thought I thought you did before Tim, but then I realized you had just mentioned one you liked. <laughs> no favorite show. I guess it's hard to say because I've been to a lot of concerts. It's almost easier for me to be like, "What was my least favorite show?" Because <laughs> that one I know for sure. Is that a question you have prepped for us? Actually, I was the question I'm going to ask next. It's not in the the list, but I wanted to ask it anyway. <laughs> if you'd ever been to a show like you were just pissed about, but. I think the like I guess probably seeing the hip on that like that last tour like being at that last hip show mm. is probably going to be the one that kind of goes down as the one I remember. I feel like it kind of has like, to like yeah <laughs> you're a yeah, dick if you don't say that yeah, yeah like, I'm kind of an asshole if I don't say that one. You loved Gord Downey. Oh, I totally did. So I think it's kind of like that and like the first time I saw Pearl Jam in '98 like at the uh, at Molson Park in Barrie because I was like 17 and I had to do the whole sunrise like get up at the fucking crack of dawn and go line up for tickets and like stand in front of a sunrise for six hours yeah. and like not pee. Cause you gotta, if you lose your fucking place yeah. in line oh, whatever. Yeah. and got those Pearl jam tickets and like drove up to Molson park and that kind of stuff. But yeah, I think between like the first time seeing Pearl jam, cause it was just like the first time I'd ever done like a big outdoor festival too, I think was that was that year. And like Pearl jam is my favorite band. And it was like, it's this huge deal. Finally getting a chance to see them live. But yeah, I think I think I have to say being at that last tragically hip show is like that's gonna be one of those things that like I get to tell everybody mm-hmm. in perpetuity. And I'm in the fucking movie, so like there's yeah. proof that I'm there. So it strikes me that it just it I don't know if you'll ever be in another show that would share that kind of a mutually powerful experience. The only thing I could think of is if I'd actually ended up in Chicago like the night Chris Cornell died. That's the only thing I could think of that mm. would have come close. Because mm. I thought about going to that, like flying out to go to that because i was like oh they're not playing toronto and i want to see soundgarden because i've seen them in a couple of years but i didn't but i think like yeah people are gonna be talking about that hip show for decades so you know, the only I- other yeah the only other show i could or concert i could think that would carry maybe that same clout is the one that i'm going to say as like my fantasy concert mm-hmm. okay okay fair enough but yeah so like i guess we'll just branch off what was the worst show you've seen though Oof, the worst show Hmm. Um, the worst show I ever saw. 
Well, actually, that might... No. I thought I was going to say it might be... Uh... Oh, I know. What am I even saying? John Mayer. <laughs> oh, Jesus. That's what you get for going to see John Mayer. I yeah, pretty much. loved him growing up. Of course he did. I, I loved him. But when I... It wasn't even that the show was bad, but what happened was um, he was 45 minutes late. Because apparently he and Jessica Simpson, who he was dating at the time. Yeah, so Jessica Simpson made him like 45 minutes late, apparently. And then he only played for an hour and then refused to come out for an encore. Wow, dick. And all of us were just like, what the fuck? It was in the ACC and we'd all paid like almost like 150 bucks for these damn tickets. We were in the nosebleed section and it was just like so frustrating. So I don't know. I just it. that's that's all I can say about it is that it was really ridiculous and very annoying that we paid all this money to see this guy for like next to no time. So yeah. That that was the worst. Not because the show was bad because he was actually a very good performer. It was that he just didn't give a shit. Yeah. I've heard horrible things about him, so that doesn't surprise me. Although I I can't I I'm wondering if I would be able to say no to Jessica Simpson and I'm doubting that I would. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Tim, what about you? I don't know. I can't. Oh, okay. Oh, I got to figure out what her fucking name was. Who's the the Canadian Paula Abdul? (laughs) What? There's a Canadian female artist around the same time as Paula Abdul. And I'm trying to fucking remember. It's basically some concert that I didn't really want to go to, but it was like at a local fair or something like that. And my girlfriend at the time drugged me to it. God damn it. I'm trying to remember who her name. Uh, she does Black Velvet. Black Velvet? Oh, uh, Alana Miles. Alana Miles. Yes. I saw Alana Miles at like. Oh, the, that's the, terrible. At like the Jarvis Fair or something like that. Like, yeah, like Hagersville Fair or something like that. Yeah. In middle of nowhere. Fucking bumfuck rural Ontario. I, I had to sit through Alana Miles and that was not good at all. Oh, I mean, she was just like she was like. This is late, like, I guess early 2000s, late 90s, early 2000s. So she was like 10 years past anybody giving a shit about her. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, clearly was just like, this is who we can get for cheap. That being said, on that same bill, I think Big Sugar also played. And Big Sugar always put on a fucking really good show. Yeah, they were good. Yeah. I, but I think, I can't remember. If, I think they played before Atlanta <laughs> Miles, actually, which is a fucking travesty. <laughs> yeah. But I just remember Gordy Johnson is like, he's such a skis bag. Oh, he is. He's such a yeah. he's such a greasy like dude, but yeah, he's just yeah. He's so like he, but he does it in a really charming way. Yeah, I remember him. Hitting they played on it somebody at our I know. Oh, did they? Yeah, yeah. they played it like a, a grape and wine festival in St. Catharines. I remember they'd be like just hitting on anything that would move and just yeah. being like, "Come on, dude, you're like 98 years old." It was well, funny. not just him, but like the Jamaican dudes in his band and stuff like that were also yeah. like really skeezy older. Like you know, oh. they were probably in their like late thirties or early forties, like in the nineties when they were in their prime kind of thing. Right. And they were like hitting on like high school girls and shit like that. That being said there, they were just, they put on a really solid show. That Hemi vision album is still like, so fucking good, man. Like that they're, they're going to show up on my favorite albums. Like that's that the bass on that fucking record was always one of my favorite. Like it was like, that was a good, I still remember that. Do you have their, uh, dear Mr. Fantasy cover? Yep. And the that that Dear Mr. Fantasy like little single EP is really solid yeah. as well. It's yeah. got a really nice cover of uh, Night in Tunisia, like an old jazz standard. 
okay. all instrumental. Yeah. It's really nice too. But yeah, they're they're one of my favorite bands. When we talk, when we do that Can Rock episode, I'm gonna gush for a while about Big Sugar. Okay, <laughs> I saw them a couple times because they were always just like around, and them doing Dear Mr. Fantasy live was like something to see. Like that was really cool. That was that was a song we would almost always play. It was basically a, a rip off of the Big Sugar cover. And my band in high yeah. school, we would always play Dear Mr. Fantasy. Yeah. Oh really? That's how like uh, I had a, I was in I was in at least two bands that covered Ashes to Ashes like the David Bowie mm-hmm. song, but we always did it like the way the a Perfect Circle does it because it was mm-hmm. just we were all like into the heavier stuff, so it was yeah. like yeah we'll do it Maynard style because at least then Mark has something to do because there's not really a lot of drums in the original Ashes to Ashes. Yeah, so. so like worst show I've ever been to like there I have two bands that like I will never go see again. Like you would not be able to pay me to see again. I fucking like Red Hot Chili Peppers was the worst concert I've ever been to in my really? life. Really? They were so fucking boring. Like what what era? Frusciante, so like just after I want to say Californication, like around in there. Okay, so a little past their prime. Like a little bit past. Well, just as they kind of got big again though, right? Like they were well, huge. I would say their prime would be like well, Blood, Blood Sugar, Sugar Sex, Sex Magic. Magic. Yeah, yeah, like late yeah. night, like 97, 98 is like their yeah. their peak. Yeah. Oh fuck. Blood Sugar Sex Magic's like 94. So, cuz One Hot Minute's 96. Right. Cuz that's um Dave Navarro and then Frusciante rejoined and that's when they kind of like that's when they kind of like blew up again almost so um yeah I saw them and they had Stone Temple Pilots open for them and it was like Scott had just gotten clean and they blew the fucking like doors off the place and when the Chili Peppers came out they were like just like they all looked like they were high like they were all stoned (laughs) and it was the most boring two hours of my fucking life broke up with the girl that made me go to that show like that's hilarious (laughs) because of that (laughs) yeah because of that because she was like she made me go like she was like i really want to see the the chili peppers and i'm like i fucking hate the chili peppers like i do not like chili peppers now i have another one and and then okay what's what's your other one because i have one other one that may actually kind of cost me friends too so same girlfriend that draw uh drug me to this alana miles show also drug me to see matchbox 20 sitters their favorite band of all time like she had, some, she had some like ridiculous emotional connection to them, which like, to be fair, like it got her through some really hard times. Like her dad passed away early and then her mom moved away. So she was basically like on her own from a, a teenager yeah. kind of thing from her late teens. And she, you know, found some solace in the music, but fuck me. I hate Matchbox. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they're uh, they were boring live, too. I remember seeing them once, too. They opened for somebody. And I was just like, yeah, I'm done. I can't do this. This is what was the, their, the worst thing I've ever said. What was their most famous song? Push. I only remember the one. I don't, the only one I remember is the one the, he did with Santana. Smooth, yeah. Smooth, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that one makes me angry. That song makes me angry physically. I, the other was like, I want to push you around. Well, I will. Well, I yes. will. Oh, I'm having I fucking PTSD. I push you Thanks. down. Yeah, I will. Yeah, a lot of. Yeah, not, not good. I want to take you for granted. granted. Worst. Yeah. yeah, and it's just it was just such shitty like all pop. <laughs> yeah, that's terrible. No good. Yeah, that's terrible. <laughs> so the other one was uh my other one was Smashing Pumpkins. They're terrible live. <laughs> terrible live. I feel like did you I feel like they would be cool to see in a I, I wouldn't watch the stage if I went to a pumpkin show. I would just be there like and I would be way the fuck in the back just to take it in sort of thing like the wall of sound that they must put out yeah there was that but like billy corgan's got this like both times i saw him and i've saw i've seen them twice because actually it wasn't even eric eric's a huge pumpkins fan that's why i Mm -hmm. I thought it was eric would probably but our friend from high school elena is also a huge pumpkins fan Mm. and so i would go with her every time they came around because she always liked having somebody who was like a concert yeah yeah yeah. someone who can appreciate kind of thing 
whatever. So I was like, yeah, I'll go with you for sure. Whatever. Maybe they'll be better than the last time I saw them. Because the first time we saw them was at like a somersault. So it was like at a festival at Molson Park. So I didn't really have a lot of choice. And I was like, yeah, all right, whatever. I'll sit here and hang out because everybody was enjoying it. But like they played nothing but fucking obscure like B-side cuts and stuff like that. Blazed through all the songs you want to hear. And then complained when people booed when they like cut bullet with butterfly wing short. And it's like, well, what the fuck do you think people are here for you? Fucking yeah, exactly. cocksuckers. Yeah. So. When you start a concert, I'm sorry, the concert's not for you. The concert's for your damn fans. Yeah, exactly. So then when Zeitgeist came out, I guess mm-hmm. we went again. Um, was that the, was that the album? Zeitgeist? Uh, yeah. Either way, we went again and saw them again. And again, played three popular songs, two of which he blazed through, and then played all of Zeitgeist front to back. Ooh. And it was the most boring fucking show I've ever been to in my life. To the point where even Elena afterwards was like, I don't think I ever need to see them again. And I was like, thank God, because I can't sit through another one of these fucking concerts. Yeah. I think a year later, I took her to a Pearl Jam show, and she's like, okay, I get it. Smashing Pumpkin sucks live. And I'm like, yeah, see, you've <laughs> seen Pearl Jam now. I've converted you. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's one of their worst rated albums uh, by yeah. far. And it, well, I think one of the issues with Smashing Pumpkins is that they leaned really hard into the anti-piracy stuff and they lost a lot of people in like the early 90s with all that. Like they were well, early the, 2000s. Yeah, early, right? sorry, early 2000s. They were one of the groups that was really seeding a lot of like fake files and stuff like that, or like we're yeah. obviously paying somebody else to do it kind of thing. And so really? I feel like they lost a lot of people due to that. And so it took them a long time to sort of regain any sort of uh, fan base or like, you know, really significant fan base after that. I just feel like he was such like, he's such a shit to his fans too. Like he's not particularly great mm-hmm. with his fans that like, he kind of, I think he kind of deserves what he got kind of thing. Like, yeah. And to the point where like, he still goes into the media these days and like, will trash bands that are like stir shit up just for what like, he was like a year ago going on about like, like he was ragging on Pearl Jam and I'm like, you haven't put out like I know Pearl Jam hasn't put out anything that's been like of any kind of relevance, but they still sell out concert tours in big stadiums and stuff like that year round whenever they want. And Pumpkins does too whenever they do a reunion tour or whatever. I if they do a reunion reunion tour, it'll be it'd be hard pressed to get me in that fucking venue. So, <laughs> but apparently the the reunion tour they've been talking about is going to have like the the original crew, the original lineup, kind of yeah. yeah. Which like I'm curious about because I've never saw them with Darcy and, and James E. James I. Although, like, James Eha, I just saw with Perfect Circle. Like, he's touring with Maynard again. Mm-hmm. So, I'm like, is he going to be have time to go do a, a Smashing Pumpkins tour? If Because Maynard and them are, like, getting ready to go and, like, put an album out and stuff. So, yeah, I don't know. It's weird. But, yeah, Pumpkins Live. Pumpkins and uh, Chili Peppers, never again. Like, that was excruciating. I'll never do that again. Fair enough. And even, like, there's bands that I hate that I've seen that really impressed me live. Like, I don't like Metallica particularly, but, like, I've seen them twice, both times, but on an awesome show. Like, had a blast. Yeah. So, like, that was fun. Okay. So, I guess really quickly, do you have a favorite venue? Or are you that diehard that you have a venue you really like going to? Like, I am, because I have venues that I'm, like, particular about. So. You know what? I, I really actually, I it's... It's not like the best venue in the world, but I do really like seeing shows in Hamilton. Yeah. And, and you know what? It's like you don't get to stand up or like get too like close because you do have your assigned seating or whatever. But I think the, I've really enjoyed the acoustics cops? and the setup that Hamilton does at Cops. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think I think they put a lot of heart into it because it's one of their only, you know, really big places that they can bring concert goers. So 
it's I, I really have enjoyed my times seeing uh, shows there. Yeah, Cops has always been a venue that, like, when bands play there, I will go out of my like. I would I would pick Hamilton over Toronto to go to a show. Yeah, at just because for some reason the crowds always feel a little bit more like. I think it's a smaller room, which is nice too compared to ACC. Like not by much, yeah. but it's still a smaller room, so it is a little bit cozier feeling. But I just find that's like. The crowd's better and like they're more engaged, I guess. Like they're not as like Toronto kind of stand there and stare, like which happens a fair bit. Yeah. And the acoustics are definitely like the sound at ACC has always been pretty good, but like the sound at Cops was like they had it pretty dialed in pretty well. And I've seen everybody at Cops. Like I just saw Tool there in the spring and like I've seen Pearl Jam there a couple times and the hip obviously would play there. Mm -hmm. Like I think the first time, the first time I ever saw the hip was actually at Cops Coliseum. Really? It was the first it was the first concert my parents let me drive by myself to. Hmm. They were like, "Yeah, take the car and go." And I took my I think girlfriend at the time and saw the hip. That's like, it was cool. My yeah. Nice. yeah. It was a lot of fun. But that's the thing like Hamilton too, like there's room to walk around. You don't feel so confined that you can't move. There's lots of like shit to do before and after the concert. Yeah. That's actually funny cuz like it's not my absolute favorite venue, but the venue assuming you're not going to ditch out on me that we're going to on Sunday, the Hamilton Place <laughs> Theater. Mhm. Mm that we're seeing the national ad on Sunday uh, is actually one of my favorite venues to go to now. Cause it, it's one of those stops that like my like mid-level can rock bands will still play like the tea party go play there every time they come around. And so does Matthew good. Mm -hmm. And it's like my favorite venue to see that kind of band in. Cause it's just like rock solid acoustics and they keep the crowd. The crowd's usually pretty good kind of thing, like very engaged and stuff. And I'm like, this is nice. And it's a nice little, like a good size theater venue, like 1500 or 2000 seater or something like that. Wow. It's, it's a nice little venue. Have you ever been in there before, the Hamilton Place Theater? Um, yes, once. For a concert or for like... I think it was for a show, actually. A play. Okay. So not the same. Assuming you come on Sunday, then you'll you'll see what I'm talking yeah, about because it sounds pretty nice. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Tim? It's, I'd see, I'd, I'd go to so few concerts anymore. It, it, would, it would definitely be one in Toronto. That's where like the my peak concert going days were like in like the sort of mid 2000s like 2003 yeah. 2004 was when i was going to the most shows the distant <laughs> i'm tempted to say palais royale i really like even though it's not as much of a concert venue since they did redid mm -hmm. it all uh but yeah. i i really loved it like i saw i think i mentioned this on the podcast before but i saw sloan there when they were recording their live album they, they did like a yep. series of like four or five nights there kind of thing I think it's four. So I think the album's called Four Nights of the Palais Royale. What year was that? Uh, it was also late '90s. It would have been like '99 or something like that. Um, I feel like we were. I feel like I was at one of those shows. Yeah, maybe. maybe. Well, Four Nights. Like I think I went to like the last night or something like that. It, so. it was released in April 1999. So I feel like the show 98 was late nine. The shows were late '98, like fall yeah. fall of '98. Because I remember I was wearing like a winter coat to it. Yeah, but I like that size venue because you can be nice and close. You can be nice and intimate, but you can, if you're not like one of those people that really likes being like up close kind of thing, you can still hang back because from what I remember of Palais Royale, there is like sort of a raised up bar area towards yeah. the yeah. back where you can still like, or, and I don't remember if it has a balcony or not, but, but at least there's that raised up bar area where you could hang back there and still be relatively close and still get a pretty good view of everything without being like crushed up in the front kind of thing. So it has, yeah. it, it's, I think, a little more accessible in that way. The acoustics of that were pretty cool. Again, I, I don't know if they ever, if they, I think it's more of like a club now than it is. Uh, yeah, I haven't, that, there hasn't been, I haven't, I don't remember ever being at a show there 
after I saw Hoxie Workman there once. Mm. But after that, I don't remember ever seeing anybody else there. Yeah. Like, I remember the Sloan show, and I remember Hoxie Workman, and that's it. Yeah. That being said, like, it needed renovation, like, when it did close down for renovation. Like, when we were there for that Sloan show, you know, everybody was, like, jumping up and down as you do at a show kind of thing. And you could feel the creaking floor. feel the floor, like, sinking. I remember that. And flexing underneath you. Like, a good, good, like, half inch to an inch kind of thing. And I was like, this does not feel safe, but whatever. Everybody's doing it, so whatever. Yeah. Sorry, I just got a total tangent, but like we were at there's this the outdoor venue that used to be near St. Catharines called Arizona's, and they had like a raised kind of like patio. Mm-hmm. There was like a wood patio, and we were at a Matthew Good band show. So this is like 99-ish. Mm-hmm. And in the middle of time bomb, we were like, we we're pogoing, right? While it's going on. And it was like we went up, went up, went up, and then went really far down because <gasps> the fucking whole thing had collapsed underneath <laughs> Supports us. Supports had like gone out or whatever. Yeah, yeah. like the whole fucking like whatever it was deck or whatever <laughs> kind of thing it just caved in oh underneath God. everybody bouncing it's a feature not and like right. we all yeah exactly we all so we all fall on like holding on to each other and shit falling down it's like, <laughs> this is it's to the point where like at the end of the song matt had to like look out and be like are you guys okay because he saw everybody kind of like stop moving because we were all like trying not to fall and shit. It was <laughs> okay funny. everything's fine everything's fine everything's fine it's pretty funny oh god i'm gonna uh, be on the news tomorrow yeah. oh no yeah. it's radiohead all over again yeah yeah i killed a bunch of kids oh i'm still pissed about that concert. <laughs> oh yeah too soon christy <laughs> sorry, sorry but yeah i'm actually me and my friends are actually on that album because what there was well on that album i say like they there was one night that they uh it was chris Mur- murphy's birthday while they were there recording right and i was there that night and on the album they have like the audience singing happy birthday to Chris. Yeah. And there's also one track where I'm not a hundred percent because I don't know exactly what night they pulled it from, but I'm pretty sure you can hear me and the uh, three or four friends that I was there with starting the Sloan chant. And then oh, everybody else, cool. everybody else catching on to it. <laughs> but yeah, I hate that fucking chant. <laughs> Sloan. What was it? Oh yeah. Sloan. Uh, they did that at a that concert that I was at recently. <laughs> That size of venue, like the other ones in Toronto that sort of come to mind that are sort of similar size and dynamic would be stuff like Lee's Palace. Yeah, Opera House. Yeah, the Opera House. Or I think from what I remember, the Phoenix Concert Hall kind of has that sort of layout as well. Phoenix has a weird layout. but a little bigger. Yeah, I don't like I've never I was never a big fan of the Phoenix. I've seen a lot of shows at the Phoenix. Mm -hmm. Like I just saw Mother Earth like reunite with Edwin there like in the spring Mm -hmm. and the Headstones not too long ago, like in the summer. And it's always been like it's one of those venues that like I never cared for but once i'm there i'm like oh yeah it sounds pretty good i like it yeah yeah so that that's sort of like you know not like a little tiny hole in the wall kind of thing with shitty acoustics and no sight lines but also not like a huge stadium kind of thing not hor- not the horseshoes not, yeah, not the say. horseshoe uh, <laughs> or like you're like the elmo combo or shit like that that are these little oh, yeah. shitty hole in the wall kind of places yeah but like the or like the the basement in hamilton i don't even know if the basement is still a venue in hamilton but it was yeah back in our day i mean i saw some great shows at a lot of those places but they're just not yeah. my favorite venues to go to yeah i like i like sometimes i like that like the crush of those little places like it was fun seeing the tea party at like mm-hmm. the horseshoe the last couple nights because it's just like it's so tiny and like the sounds way too fucking loud for the space <laughs> yeah. and stuff like that like i actually like i'm watching people like stuff fucking like receipts Whatever from the bar into their ears because yeah. they because it's so loud and like you can tell the people who've been there a couple nights because we're all wearing earplugs and stuff like that i mean i wear plugs to pretty much every show now but yeah yeah we were uh i feel like it, re- it really super depends on who you're seeing because like if you're going to if you're going to be in a space like that you almost want to be a more intimate show we're like yeah. yeah yeah it is dependent on someone on what you're seeing for sure 
Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think that, like, I think like seeing a band like like I remember seeing like Constantine's and Weaker Than's at Lee's Palace, and it was just like because it was just like this sweaty. I mean, not the Weaker Than so much, but more the Constantine's, like this sweaty blues rock kind of show, and it was just like it felt appropriate to be in Lee's Palace for that kind of music. Okay. Mm-hmm. So like the next year when they played, I think it was the Phoenix. Actually, they played at the next year. I was like, this doesn't feel quite as like whatever, like immediate as it did. It was more appropriate for the Weaker Than's because they're much more of like a nice theatery kind of show mm-hmm. yeah but not the, not the constantines the constantines i'm like i want them at the horseshoe where i can like reach out and touch them kind of thing while they're everybody's sweating and screaming along with it kind of thing so yeah favorite venue for me i'm trying to think i used to love the cool house like that was the one i think it's because i saw a lot of like my first like going into toronto shows and like seeing matthew good band and the tea party and like all those can rock bands and that kind of stuff i remember going to see like trouble charger and eve six for like an edge electric nice. Christmas one year like <laughs> That's pretty was, cool. Yeah. Like I saw tons of those kinds of shows. I remember seeing like um Gin Blossoms at the uh, Cool House one time. Yeah. It was just like I snuck backstage at a Sloan concert at the Cool House once. I snuck backstage at a Matthew Good concert that Jeff Martin was at, like from the Tea Party. Oh, nice. And he was so blazed on Coke. Like I actually watched him do drugs. <laughs> it was the funniest. Yeah, so it was uh, a lot of people do hard drugs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So this was a Sloan show like later, uh like mid mid 2000s or something like that or maybe early 2000s but uh yeah we went and then we sort of were hanging around after because i had a copy of navy blues that i wanted to get signed and they weren't coming out they weren't coming out finally like we saw some of the guys like unloading and they it became obvious they were having like an after party in the club in like the back area of the club and we Uh just grabbed the door before it finished closing when one of the guys was unloading and like snuck backstage and Nice. Had a couple like free beers and just hung out with Sloan and got, got them to sign. Uh, so I still, I think I've got that. There's one member, I think, I can't remember. I think it's Andrew that had gone home or yeah. something like that because he wasn't feeling well. But I've got the other three members of Sloan. Oh, I saw a concert where it, yeah, one of them was sick. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're older guys, right? I mean, even at that point, like they were already like getting in their late 30s. They were in their 30s. 40s kind yeah. Of thing. And yeah. yeah. And, and Andrew and Chris, I think both went gray pretty early. Yeah. Yeah. So. I still remember I have an ex that was like in love with Chris Murphy and probably still is to this day. Like she was obsessed with Sloan, like just upset, like to the point where I am like, I kind of have like a mild like distaste for them because of. <laughs> yeah, I, I've got people like that as well. Anyway. And that's also Cool House is also where I saw uh, Reggie in the full effect that I talked about on our uh, our obscure artist episode where I saw him like come out as his various is James Deweese from uh, the Get Up Kids come out as like yeah. his various crazy alter egos like Klaus from Common Denominator and like his Europop yeah. band and shit like that so yeah, I've seen some good shows at Cool House too Warehouse slash Cool House before they closed Cool House I think the last show I, well, I saw the Deftones right before they closed it but like just before that was when they it was like the first time Allison Chains toured after Lane had died like when they got back together it was at Cool House too mm-hmm. so that was kind of cool okay so let me start asking some like theoretical stuff like who haven't you seen that you would like to see that is actively like still around that, that you, you could, could potentially still see. Yeah. 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 Oh man. Death cab. Yeah. You've never seen death cab. I've never seen them. And Jesus, even I've seen death. Cab. I know <laughs> it's an incredibly disappointing part of my life that I've never <laughs> seen one tour. of my favorite, absolute favorite bands. Uh, I don't think they actively tour, but they, I mean, they're, they're not broken up or anything necessarily. Yeah, they're just... They're not really active right now, but boys. still they still exist as a band. Yeah, but what, what are they... What else is... What, who's that? Is that Ben Gibbard? Yeah. 
Is that Death Cab? Yeah. yeah. Who? What does he do? Like, what else is he doing? He like, did some solo stuff, but I think more or less he's just maybe taking a break or whatever. I don't know. Mm, okay. Cool. Tim, do you have anybody that you haven't seen that you'd like to see? Oh yeah, I can't really say that one because they only put out one album and don't really exist anymore. But Postal Service, another Ben Kibbert. Oh yeah, for sure. <laughs> that that would be one I would love to go, sort of go back in time and see. But uh, we'll we'll get to that later. Daft Punk, I would really like to see. I've never seen them live, uh, and I think would just be really fun, like fucking crazy dance party. Uh, they're one of my favorite bands of all time, or artists of all time, or whatever you want to call them. And I feel like they're still active enough that that's possible at some point. Arcade Fire, I've never got to see. Really? Yeah, I've never seen Arcade Fire. Uh, because Oh, man, they put on a good show. Yeah, and I, I mean, I've seen like plenty of videos of them playing live and stuff like that. And I feel like they, yeah, I, I would love to see a show of theirs. I've just never had the chance, really. What else? Uh, I've seen Cake Live. I'm just going through sort of like my most played artists. Oh, the other one that I haven't ever seen that I think I, I would like to would be... I, actually, I don't know what, what kind of show they would put on, but I'd like to see Vampire Weekend. Vampire Weekend would be really good, too. Yeah. Uh, Paul and I saw them. They were pretty good. They were fun. Did. You guys see everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we go to all the shows. That's why, like, I this this question is actually impossible for me to answer because there really isn't anybody that I that has actively toured. The closest would be, like, uh, I had never gotten a chance to see uh, Soundgarden mm. before they broke up. And what, when they got the back together, I rectified that four times. So I'm like, <laughs> that's cool. And then the same thing with Guns N' Roses, where I was like, I would have fucking killed to have seen them like Axel and Slash play together. And unfortunately did not have to kill anybody, but I got to see them twice. And it was awesome <laughs> both cool. times. Nice. So other than that, like I kind of like would like have liked to have seen uh, Living Color at one point and never got a chance. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know if they tour or not, but. I don't know if they still do shit or not. I don't know. Actually, they played at WrestleMania a couple of years ago, so they must still be doing stuff. But I just, I've never caught them coming through Toronto. So. Mm-hmm. Actually, can I add to my list? Sure. I'd really like to see Pink. I have seen Pink. Okay. Yeah. And I hear she is just an unbelievable performer. She was. I saw Pink in a really weird situation. It was, what was it? I saw Pink open for Lenny Kravitz. At the what? Molson at the Molson Amphitheater oh, in Toronto. I remember that concert. I didn't go, but I remember that coming around yeah. and being like, yeah, I would never go to see it. Because it was after Lenny Kravitz had like really sold out and I was just like over it. So Yeah. It was it was him basically right around like the uh the American woman cover for the yeah. uh time. Yeah. But um I mean he still played like a lot of his old, like really awesome stuff. And, and I was I was mainly there. I mean I, I do have a big fucking crush on Pink. But uh Oh yeah. He was she was great to see, but I mean I was really there for Kravitz. I just I think it'd be really cool to see her and to see her perform with Dallas Green as well because mm-hmm. I've seen Dallas Green when he was oh, part of hate Dallas Green. Yeah, my sister turned me off Dallas Green. Well, most why she got really into Dallas Green. Oh, I fucking hate. <laughs> he's a prick. I hate him. Is he? Yeah, he's from St. Catharines. So uh, uh, you what, used Saturday to know Dallas, right? Alexis on fire. Oh, right. Yeah, the band. Yeah, that's that's the only time I've ever seen him was I actually took photos of him. Oh, not sitting in color. Well, but, well, he's sitting in color now. Yeah. yeah, you didn't like him. Yeah. Like he's he's a prick. He's an asshole. <laughs> I thought you liked him, Mark. My Mark. Oh yeah, yeah. He's I don't like his music either. But that's <laughs> I saw him. Uh, they he opened for Deftones this summer, and I I got I, I specifically got to the show so that oh, I would miss City in Color, <laughs> and then got there just in time to see Deftones, and then he came out and did the Maynard James Keenan part of Passenger at that show, and I was just like. Fuck you, prick. Because he did a good job. Like he sounded okay, but I was just like, I hate him so much. I still remember him being a dick to everybody back in the day, like when Alexis on Fire first got big. 
when he they came back to town, they were just like just assholes to everybody. It was obnoxious. So, <laughs> so like, did how did you know him? Like in high school? No, just from like playing in St. Catharines. Oh. Like, because they were, we were all in the same scene, right? Yeah. Just that they got big, and mm. the rest of us didn't. Like we were still playing bars. And yeah, shit, I knew so. somebody at Mac that also. I think, I think she dated somebody in Alexis on Fire as well. I don't think it was Dallas Green, yeah. but uh, I don't remember it ending well. Yeah, he was. A, he was. A, uh, all of them. A couple of them have turned out to be like pretty nice guys, and I know a couple of people who like know the other guys in the band who are all like, "Oh yeah, they're good guys." But anybody who's like, "Oh yeah, I remember Dallas Green," everybody's always like, "Yeah, he was a fucking prick." I like, "Yep, yep, jerk off." But, <laughs> So, yeah. Well, I'd still like to see him because I like his music. Okay, cool. So we got we to gotta do this fast. Craziest thing you've ever seen at a show, whether it be from like the crowd or from the performer. Hmm. Mm. I'll, I'll go. I, I have a I have a couple of honorable mentions on this. The probably the weirdest, just most sort of obtuse, strange thing I've ever seen at a concert was at Coachella. Beck did a solo set playing entirely on a Game Boy. What? Really? Yeah, so he he found a Game Boy that had, like, or this Game Boy game that was basically, like, make your own music kind of thing. Like, here's a bunch of beats, and you can hit the different buttons to make different sounds on it kind of thing. And I don't think, he was sort of like a surprise entry. I don't think he was actually listed on the bill. He just kind of showed up and, like, or or was, you know, they just was a surprise or whatever. But it was kind of rumored. It was floating around. So it was one of the smaller tents, and it ended up just being packed because Beck. Beck, yeah. uh, yeah, yeah, and he just solo him came out like just Beck comes out on stage and just starts fucking around with a Game Boy and like sing over top of it. And and in retrospect, this was right before Guero, uh, which was like his okay. most like electronic album. And I'm sure some of the sounds from that little Game Boy thing ended up on that album. Yeah, probably. So that's was, so yeah. cool. Yeah, but it was really random. It's interesting to see live too because he does like weird stuff. Like he he tends to kind of veer off and improvise. Yeah in weird spots like just kind of i feel like me and like, uh guy to see live. i wasn't it wasn't a great like i didn't really like the the girl i was with was like head over heels just like loved back so like it was like it was a cool show to watch but i was like i don't know if i'd go again kind of thing yeah. but my my tickets fucking expensive too yeah. jesus christ it cost me a fortune to get those things <laughs> my uh my honorable mentions would be uh I've seen the Flaming Lips a couple times. One of them is also at Coachella and Wayne Coyne. So like sort of crowd surfing in a giant inflatable bubble as he tends to. Yeah, do. I, I was, I've, I've seen, I've seen one yeah. of the, I've been, at well, one they did that at, yeah. at Sarstock, I think as well. At Sarstock, yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, just, and just the fucking Flaming Lips stage show overall, but that part in particular yeah. was just in, even more over the top. The other, uh, I'll do two more just to get them out of the way. One, um, I saw the hidden cameras play, with the Toronto Dance Theater doing like interpretive dance to their songs. Yeah. Which That's was cool. really pretty interesting and cool and neat and unique. And the other one will be I saw uh, as part of the Du Maurier concert series, I saw Big Rec play with the Toronto Symphony Orchestra and Eric Johnson and some Japanese taiko drummers accompanying them. The The first time they did that with the symphony was with the Tea Party. Mm-hmm. That was one of mine. I saw the Tea Party do that. Yeah. That was to this day, probably my favorite Tea Party show of all time. Like it was the coolest fucking. Yeah, thing. yeah. I mean, I feel like both Tea Party and Big Rec lend themselves really yeah. well to that like symphonic sound. I, I, I would argue the Tea Party is a little bit closer to it. Like they've got that kind of Zeppelin yeah. stomp to them that kind of suits it a little bit better. Like Big Rec is. I'm actually really excited. Big Rec's touring uh, in loving memory of oh, like, their nice. doing an anniversary tour. 
So I'm going to go. I, I want to pick up tickets to see that in February. Yeah, but, that'd be awesome. Yeah, seeing the Tea Party do like the show with the symphony because like all their stuff is so like electronically arranged with strings mm-hmm. that like having them actually be able to like have the strings live there just like added so much depth to everything. I was just, like, this is not cheap, but really <laughs> yeah. fucking awesome to see. But I mean, just I feel like I need to be more exposed to them. The tea party. The tea party. Yeah. You would like. You would like the tea party. I know. I know. Um, they're very like. They're very strangely like. They're darkly romantic. I think in a lot of ways. I think you would enjoy. Yeah. It. Yeah. But uh, but the I mean one of the craziest parts of that show was getting to see Eric Johnson perform Cliffs of Dover live is just fucking yeah, mind fucking blowing. Crazy. Yeah, like he just absolutely fucking shredded, and with a symphony behind him, and you know Big Rec basically yeah. being his backup band was just so cool. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. Anyways, those are my craziest things I've ever seen at a show. Um, Christy, do you have anything anything nuts you've seen at a concert? You know what? Honestly, I have not been as exposed to concerts as you guys have. And the ones I've seen have been pretty tame. I think one of the cutest things I ever saw was during Dancing in the Dark with Springsteen. He brought um, a little girl up Courtney on Cox stage. on stage? <laughs> yeah, it should have been Courtney Cox. No, he brought a little girl on stage and just like okay. dance just with, her. Awesome. with her. And it was super cute. Oh, I was seeing somebody when you two came around for, I want to say the vertigo tour and we were in the red, like in the heart area or whatever, like you want to call it, like in the red area, that's like up front. So she got pulled up on stage to dance with Bono during oh, nice. with or without you. Oh, cool. I got so late that night, <laughs> that, but <laughs> and I guarantee you, she was not thinking about me at all. That's, <laughs> that's neither fine. here nor there. Yeah, pretty much. I was like, this is fine. I'm cool with it. It's totally <laughs> awesome. You just uh, put on some like yellow sunglasses and we're like, you ready? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, I'm like a foot and a half taller than Bono, but that's neither here nor there. I got some Irish blood in me somewhere. <laughs> so, Side note. Oh, I did. I finally um, I did 23 and me. I'm very excited to see what my uh, my ethnicity, my background is. <laughs> Oh, nice. I'll tell you when it comes. I'm really looking forward to hearing the Vlad the Impaler stories from you more. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess like crazy, crazy thing. I, uh, that that run of shows actually like led up to uh, Pearl Jam played. So like you two did four nights at the ACC and then like the fifth night Pearl Jam played at the ACC. They were in the middle of their kind of cross Canada tour. Cool. And so like one of the nights, the night that we were like, we went to U2, Eddie Vedder came out and sang with U2. Excuse me. That and was then, nice. which was awesome. So then at Pearl Jam that night, the whole night, like side stage, I could see the edge in Bono. <laughs> and at the end of the show, uh, they came out and played Rockman in the Free Roll with Pearl Jam. Oh, so nice. like I got to see Eddie Vedder work with U2 and then I got to see U2 work with Pearl Jam. I was like, this is fucking yeah. really cool. I love when bands do yeah, that sort of stuff. Come true. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. One that I saw. Oh, shit. It's in one of my old like concert reviews. There was one. It was a hot, hot. Uh, yeah. Hot, hot heat with the French kicks. Oh, hot, hot heat was fun live. Dude. Yeah. And uh, they did a big like group thing of uh, you can't always get what you want, but oh, like cool. a bunch of vocalists That's and awesome. all the people came out on guitar and stuff like that. Like the French Kicks and the other opening act and Hot Hot Heat all came out and did it together. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah, I love it when people do that kind of collaboration. Yeah, yeah, because it just it's it's what being a musician is. It's yeah. having fun together. Yeah. Well, not just that. Like it's yeah. it's really yeah. uniting, right? Like you get that feeling, like you're you're a part of this kind of thing. Like this is, you know, history of music. It, it sort of underlines all of our beings kind of thing. Yeah. The other one was, uh, it was also a Pearl Jam show, but when they did their PJ 20 tour, uh, like the first show in Toronto, this is a really cool show. Cause like my, they do random lottery for the first two rows of the, the venue. Well, for that tour they did. And my sister 
not me, but my sister's also a 10 club member and she won second row seats. So we got to sit second row for that show that Neil Young came out at the end and played Rockin' in the Free World with Pearl Jam. Cool. I was like, that's so that was pretty cool. So we've got really good pictures, really good pictures probably on Facebook on either hers or mine. I can't remember whose of like Neil Young playing with Eddie Vedder doing Rockin' in the Free nice. World for that. Yeah. In the free world. So that was so those are two like big like cameos things. I remember there was a tour in 99. I was actually, it was the same tour that the fucking state or the, the patio collapsed on us at. Matt was doing this thing where every show he had these giant stuffed Pokemon <laughs> that he would stick on a microphone stand, like impale on a microphone stand and burn an effigy. <laughs> he also then got us to pull down the giant Coors Light or Budweiser. Oh, oh yeah, you talked about that thing. before. Yeah. yeah. He was he was in total shit disturber mode that that <laughs> night. I don't know why, like what he was what was going on. But Matt was just like, "Let's tear this fucking place yeah. to the ground." And almost did burn it down. So, yeah, pretty much. Burn, baby, burn. Other than that, like I don't know. I mean, I just I got to see David Bowie like play with Polyphonic Spree when he toured. Ooh. Like he came out and did a song. That's with I love rad. I, I love Polyphonic Spree. Bowie. I've seen Bowie and Polyphonic they were cool. Spree. I love Polyphonic Spree is like one of my honorable mentions, my favorite shows. Yeah. Yeah, they were really good opening for him. Yeah. So, oh, like, you both really saw cool Bowie? Thing. Sorry, I, I, yeah, I, I've seen. I saw Bowie twice. I saw Bowie when he was yeah. touring Time, I think. Uh, or, it would have been Reality or Heathen, because uh, he did Area Two with Moby. And like, yeah. I saw him do Area Two with Moby, and that was the first time I saw him. And the next time he he toured on his own for Heathen, I want to say, or Reality. Uh, my, ah, jeez, it was in that era, like in that early 2000s era, but he played at ACC and Paul and I went, I think. It was, seeing Bowie was just like, that was awesome. Oh, I like, think him and Prince. I think it would have been too. Kind of like, that were like, just seeing him tour those, like seeing him perform live was just like, because even at that age, like I think he'd already kind of started, like he was having heart trouble around that time mm -hmm. or something like that, but he still put on this like insane oh, show, yeah. like two hours plus show, like, oh, consummate performer. That guy was yeah, amazing. Absolutely. So. Oh no, it was hours. I saw him tour hours. Was yeah. it our? Okay. Nice. Anyways. You have a time machine and infinite money. Who are you going to see? Ooh. You get to pick you get to pick one with an honorable mention, okay. I guess, just because Christy, um, do you want to go first? Okay. Or so, do you want to you want to think? Yeah, I want to think about it just for like a second. Okay. Tim, do you have your Beatles rooftop concert? <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Uh, I feel like that yeah. Just that that final public performance of the Beatles, late sixties, like they're at their like creative peak yeah. and and just so iconic but yeah that would that would be so i mean that's that's a part of like history that's in terms of like exactly history, like pop yeah. culture history for sure at this point just just such an iconic show and i mean it's they're playing like stuff from abbey road which is one of my favorite beatles albums and yeah i mean it was just they they only played let's see nine takes of five beatles songs so they played Get Back, Don't Let Me Down, I've Got a Feeling, One After 909, and Dig a Pony. But yeah, I think that that just would have been so cool to to be a part of and to experience. They're kind of my, like, I, I would, I was going to say they'd be my, my honorable mention, but I don't think they would be. Because I feel like anytime you saw them live, I, from what you hear, I'm just like drowned out by screens. Just like drowned out by screaming because the sound was so bad at the time. Yeah. It's like, no, nah, I don't know if I'd really like care to see it. At well, that I mean, point. if, if, if this is like just total fantasy, I would choose to be like up there on the roof with them kind of thing. Like not down on the street, yeah, you know, in, in the throngs yeah, kind of thing, you know, actually getting to really yeah. experience it and take it in. And that's you've played Beale's Rock Band, right? Hell yeah. Yep. So there's some of the, yeah, there's some of the band. Yeah, there's some of the songs in there where you're like playing them 
ostensibly like at the rooftop concert kind of thing. Yeah. I, I love that. Yeah. Make, yeah. yeah. That's cool. But yeah, so that would be it for me. I mean, yeah, there there would I I don't know that I would have wanted to go see like the Beatles in their early days, like their Ed Sullivan kind of days when yeah, like it was just like yeah. screaming girls everywhere screaming kind girls. of thing. But uh that later on Beatles kind of a little more mellow and, and a lot more creative, I would have loved to have experienced that. Nice. Chris, are you you good to go? Yeah, honestly, I know there's like a million amazing people, but the first person who comes to mind for me is I think it would have been, and maybe this is because I'm a theater kid, but I think it would be really cool to go back and see Frank Sinatra. Nice. Mm-hmm. I would have, okay. yeah, that would yeah. be really nice to see old blue eyes too. Play, playing like a Vegas, like a uh, lounge yeah, or something like, like a that. Lounge. Yeah. yeah. Just to experience what that much of a different culture of sound and like time would have been like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of course, I'd want to watch him as a man. Yeah. But. Like may- maybe like his uh, his concert at the Sands or something like that, which is recorded. Yeah, and has a lot of good stuff. Yeah, nice. But just to like, and then if he could, if he brought a guest or anything, like because he he would sometimes bring out uh, the famous people. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean Dean Martin and uh, yeah, Sammy Davis, Davis Jr. Davis Davis and, like yeah, that would be that would be super cool. So cool. I think that would That's be a good poll. Yeah. Because like I, I feel like even though seeing the Beatles would be this amazing experience and I would I would never like turn that down if I was offered a time machine just to go see them. I think it would be similar to what we have now, whereas Sinatra strikes me as it would just be so different and enchanting. Yeah. yeah it'd be a totally different vibe than like going to a rock concert, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So nice. that's cool. What about you, Mark? Mine is mine's easy to guess. Mine's Zeppelin. I have yeah. to see Zeppelin yeah. live. That was that was way up there for me too. Yeah, like I have to see. I don't even care what era. Like it could be like right as they came across, like right as they came over, or it could be like right before they ended. I don't care. Just get me to a live Zeppelin show. If I have a fucking time machine and infant money, I'm probably going to see them ten times over the course of their career. But <laughs> I mean, I don't care when it is. I just I need to see Zeppelin. That would be that's number one with a bullet. I would like arguably like I would probably say like oh can i sneak in a nirvana show just to see that kind kurt, of thing but yeah yeah just to see kurt once but no i'd have to be zeppelin like just to see john bonham play live yeah. like for me as a drummer would just be like oh, fuck. yeah i really wish i could have seen robert plant and jimmy page when they toured at the black crows that would have been like the yeah. closest the closest we ever would have got to seeing zeppelin would have been that yeah he's he's coming around there's two weird shows coming around to toronto in the next little while uh robert plant's touring on his mm-hmm. own that I'm thinking about going to. And Jason Bonham is doing like a Led Zeppelin mm. experience show that's touring and it's coming to Toronto. And I'm that one I'm probably going to go to just because like, I don't know, it would just be cool to see all that stuff perform live. Like I've seen people do like classic, like I've been part of like classic album nights and stuff mm. like that, that I've seen people do like, yeah, I saw a group of guys do like Led Zeppelin. I think it was Led Zeppelin four one night kind of thing when yeah. we were doing 10. We used like, to, we used to do dazed and confused and my band in high school and, okay. and also, Moby Dick slash Bonzo's mantra. Yeah, he must have had a pretty decent we did. drummer. To we be had a real solid him. drummer, and it was great. We just all fucking walk off the stage and go get a drink, and just leave him there for like seven minutes until he was like begging us to yep. come back. <laughs> yep, yep. I, I actually I know that solo. Or I used to know it the whole way through. I don't know if I could do it now, but like I used to know it pretty well. But it's like you need rototoms to play it yeah. properly, and it just doesn't. I don't have them anymore, yeah. so. Mm. Uh, there's just no room on my drum kit <laughs> right now for Rototop. Yeah. So he wouldn't do it like he would do some uh, of the album stuff, but he would also just like fuck off on his own kind of thing. And he was really solid drummer. That's awesome. Yeah. I've never been a big like solo like drum solo guy. So it's it's never been like my thing. Every once in a while I'll see like I've seen like Danny Carey or Matt Cameron do solos and I'm like, 
yeah, I'm never going to be that good. I've been playing <laughs> for 20 years and I still like not, they can't even get close to touching mm-hmm. that. But yeah. Um, that's awesome. Uh, do we have to do honorable mentions? I definitely. Do you have an honorable mention yeah. or a couple honorable mentions? I mean, I would love to see Zeppelin, but my honorable mention would be Woodstock if I could pick one. Oh, that'd okay. be incredible. Yeah. My dad actually had a chance to go to Woodstock and passed it up. Oh, your dad's so my dad, <laughs> my dad has all these stories of like missed opportunities kind of. Yeah. Tell you, tell your dad if I ever get to meet your dad, I'm going to tell yeah. him he sucks because of that. Just, you could have been. But a yeah, I mean, Jimi Hendrix would have been up there oh, for me. I think that. But I mean, in that you get to see Hendrix, you get to see CSNY, you get to see the Who, you see Jefferson Airplane, Janis Joplin, CCR, yeah. Grateful Dead. Yeah, yeah, fuck, like the band, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, like just so many amazing fucking artists, and 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 be part of again just another like massive cultural touch point. Not Woodstock '99, like you don't want to see Limp Biscuit yeah. <laughs> and the hot dog flavored water. Maybe not. We almost, I almost, I almost went to that. Like that, that's, I, your, I was that's so your happy. Best, uh, yeah, I, I almost like I, I had some friends that were going to it, and I was like, oh, I'm like, I don't know if I really want to do that, like because I don't really care about any of the bands. I mean, the hip were playing, but they were playing yeah. in the middle of the day and stuff. And I, I mean, like, there's also whatever. like Jane's Addiction shit like that that would have been cool to see, from what I recall. I saw, I saw Jane's when they came, like they got yeah. back together in 2001 or whatever it was they were pretty good perry farrell's fucking crazy to watch live like he's so mm-hmm. fun to watch live um, but i always wanted to see him do porno for pyros would mm-hmm. like, that would have been a tour i would have liked to have seen because i like that album yeah. a lot too yeah so cool i'm trying to think if i have anything else like yeah beatles would have been there but like i think like zeppelin and nirvana i guess seeing alice in chains with lane staley would have been yeah. something too but other than that i've had a chance to see most of them oh I know who I would have pulled. Okay. Queen no. Freddie Mercury. Oh yeah. Oh, good pull. That's an excellent pull too. Yep. Yeah. That's one that cool. I would have loved to sit in on a Queen concert. Fuck, that would have been cool. Yeah, absolutely. And they'd play my favorite album, their greatest hits. <laughs> <sighs> All right, everybody. <laughs> Thank you for listening. Please <laughs> let us know your concert Chrissy stories. Fucking trolls us whatever. to death. <laughs> yeah, I'm done. That's it. <laughs> Whatever can go to hell. <laughs> you can talk to us via Twitter. We're at DRD underscore podcast, or you can hit us up at Facebook, facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast. Our email is dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. Nobody ever uses it. It's fine. <laughs> if you haven't already subscribed, please do so at, at Apple podcasts or the Google play store and leave us a rate and review. It would be helpful because Christy refuses to share the podcast. Yay. Even we're coming up on 75 goddamn episodes. <laughs> I've shared it like four um, times. Give me a review and I'll share, I'll share it for every five-star review we get. Okay, guys, come on. Do this thing. Help yeah. us out. Review us a five-star <laughs> so Christy will share it. All right, so this is a lot of fun. I'm Mark. I've been here with Christy. Hello, goodbye. And Tim. Go see live music. Yeah, man. Go see the Rio Statics this weekend. They're playing at the Horseshoe. It'll be fun. I will be there. So at least one of the nights. Have it'll a good one. It'll be past at this uh, point, but it'll still be good. Yeah. No, I'll get it out on Friday. Yeah. Nice. All right. Yep. Bye, everybody. All right. Bye. Take it easy, guys.